Recorded live.
Hello, is anybody there? Hello, welcome to the show. Is everybody here tonight? I'm here. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, everybody. I know I believe I gave pretty much um, a heads up for two days that we were going to be on. Um, Tonight, uh, our guest is going to be on tonight shortly. Triella will be on a little bit. I think, I don't know if she's here yet. Um, because I don't see, uh, I think I don't see a number for her on here. I see some guests on here, but Triella, if you're on here, let me know. Because I don't want to leave her out, you know? Trial, are you on here? Okay. So I want to welcome everybody to the call tonight. Um, thank you for your patience. Uh, what have we been doing while we've disappeared for a few months is doing research into the other areas of dilemma besides your name change. Um we're going to have to reiterate a couple of things because, you know, we know everybody else has been doing their shows and we've been hearing a lot of things like, oh, the name change doesn't work. Um, That's because (laughs) (laughs) you're doing a name change and then you're still out there using your old name and doing things the old way and you can't do things the old way when you're um, supposed to be doing things a new way. And uh, as you know, um, I've been working on uh, Social Security, and I've also been working on the Department of Commerce. Uh, I already already have um, uh, vital statistics already pretty much down-packed on what's going on there which I'll, you know, talk to you about. Um, Southern, um, while, you know, we go into that, which I'll come on after you because then after that trial will come in and I guess compliment whatever I'm going to be bringing in with um, those three agencies. Um, That way it'll sort of um, all complement each other. Um, I'm glad and I'm happy and I'm thanking you for your patience. You know, I told you I had to move and it was a rough move. And then after we moved, you know, I got sick and now um, the others here, I say the others because they don't like me mentioning their names, um, are ill too with a, you know, there's a virus going around and I don't know how many people have been hit with it, but I can tell you that. That sucker knocked me out pretty badly and a couple of others, that people that I know and everything. So today we're going to talk about name change, why you're not using it properly. Um, you can't go out. Um, one thing I just do want to bring up before Southern goes into this court case that he's been doing and working on with someone else and how today he was given... Um, an answer which explained uh, some very revealing information that he wants to deliver to you. Um, But 
I just want to give you a heads up on something that people have been talking about for a long time. And then I'm going to go further into that later too, but you know how people, um, they use the driver's license and they go to jail and that, then they're um, disputing the right to travel. So I just want to put this in your mind before I hand this over to Southern, that if you're given someone um, a driver's license and you then go to court and you dispute that you have a right to travel, wrong. You don't have a right to travel because you know, I had to sit there and ponder on this one because I don't use one of those things to travel. And I'm like, what am I doing different here that other people aren't? You see, I do things differently, so I'm going to ponder on why I don't get the same treatment. So let me tell you a little bit of something here. I use a passport. And, <laughs> yeah, when we when I travel... The passport is to do what? To travel. Isn't that right, Southern? Yeah. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. Okay. So I give a passport to the officers when I'm traveling, and um, you have a receipt for a DMV license, and in your license manual, you are you are taking a test to drive a motor vehicle, and you are driving the vehicle under those terms and conditions, and it shows that you're an operator. So how can you go to court and defend a right to travel when you've just given the man, the officer, you handed him a driver's license, and you better learn this. Depending on what you're using with the agency, that is the vocabulary that you're going to be struck down with. I use a passport, so I don't have to defend anything in court related to driving nor related to me being an operator of a motor vehicle. When I show the passport, um, I was traveling. So I want you to think about that because I kept saying, you know, what are we doing different? You know, I give them the passport. You know, I tell my kid, you know, you know, you don't give them anything. You don't even have a tag on your car. You don't even have license or insurance, and they let you go. What are we doing different? We don't have an expired driver's license. We don't have a suspended driver's license. We don't have a driver's license at all. We're not even on the record. We just don't have one. But when the officer says license, registration, and insurance, you give him an ID because the passport gives you the right to travel. So if you give him a passport and you go into court, you know, they're not going to say, oh, you were driving without, say, yeah, but I have a passport. And this passport gives me a right to travel. Now you can use your defense as a right to travel. And so I'm not going to talk about that anymore because I just wanted to share something with you. I'm trying to figure it out myself. I was baffled as to why people were getting pounded with this right to travel. Now, the vocabulary for using a passport 
is for traveling purposes. And that is the terms and conditions of the passport. And then you can use that vocabulary in your defense now because you are dealing with a different agency who gave you the passport and now you don't talk about driving or being an operator of a vehicle or a motor vehicle because you're only traveling now when you hand them a passport. All right, with that, I'm going to uh, hand it over to Southern. He's going to explain this court case that he's been working on. Um, I want him to go from the beginning so he can tell you how many declaratory judgments he's submitted and what was his last filing, but this time they answered, and I want Southern to go through each time the judge said something about you can't bring this in, you can't bring that in, and you're going to see how they're telling you the truth now so that when you go to court, um, you can expect these things. And you have I haven't been talking to you guys much because I'm working on a book and I'm debating on the name, but it might be called Court is Not Such a Scary Place at All. And I'm going to put in all my court times because I've been in there for 20 years, and I want to share with you all the fun and laughter that I've gone through when I went to court so that it takes away the fear of people going to court. So with that, I leave it with um, Southern. Southern, take over for a while here. Okay, listen, I know people don't want to hear about the military side of this thing, but I'm going to blow you away with what you just said. We have been working with uh, Army Regulations 190-5, which is the driver's license. Somebody we went you know, down here in Florida, we printed out these 39 pages into, and put them in the books. So he went into court, he had a suspended license. I, the uh, prosecuting attorney, we're all asking the right questions now. Like, why do I need a license? Oh, my driving is a privilege. Right? Let me tell you something that one of the, of the prosecuting attorneys said to somebody down here that was in court recently. Guess what? 190-5 applies to. Take a guess, you will. I don't know. Did it say they're women? No. It applies. It applies to military. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I, I'm shocked. The guy, okay. the guy looked at me and said, "So if I got a driver's license, I'm military." And the guy's eyes popped out of socket because he realized what he just said. But what if he's not <laughs> military? Then it don't apply to him. What's the magic you, word? You're saying that again. You're saying it applies to the military because the rule of law. That rule of law only applies to the employees of that agency. Those Uh registered and enrolled in the military, that applies to them. Yeah. Guess what? What's the magic word? Civilian. That's right. You you, when you get pulled over, you do what a civilian is supposed to do. Okay. You're yeah, traveling. I was like, why does everybody go to jail? And, you know, like, what am I doing wrong here? You know, I'm saying I'm doing something wrong here. But um, one of our friends the other day called me 
I don't think he's on here today, but I think he was doing like 100 miles an hour trying to get from point A to point B. And he calls me and says that, um, okay, wait a minute. You're muted. Okay, hold on one second. Let me try to bring Trial in here. Where are you, Trial? Let me see here. Um, and the cops pull him over, a state trooper, and he asked for, guess what, people, the magic word again. Let me see your license, insurance, and registration. I'm looking for you, Trial. And um, he didn't have one. And he gave the passport to the officer, and he tells them, that he calls his wife and he says, you know what, I just want to let you know I'm going to jail. I was doing 100. You know, he's just, he said he's talking to her real quick before the officer gets back. And he says, you know, I don't have my license, is ex- um, the tag is expired, and I don't have insurance, so they're just going to take me to jail. But I'm going to ask, you know, them if they can um, just, you know, let someone pick up the car because he was heading somewhere. And... The trooper comes back and gives him the passport, and he's acting really weird. He tells him, uh, let me see your face, and he's looking at his face. He goes, is that you on that ID? He says, "Uh, sir, that's an ID with a picture in it. (laughs) So he said, is that you, sir? He goes, "Uh, that's an identification that I use, sir. He goes, uh, okay, well, you know what? You have a nice day, but I'm going to let you know. You need to be careful on these roads for the other motorists and drive, the other drivers and motorists, okay? Because if you have an accident, you know you're going you're gonna to be liable for the expenses, you know? He goes, have a nice day, and please drive safely, and he took off. Uh-huh. Yeah, so now I'm going to leave that with you, and Trial is on here. Hi, Trial. Give me just a few. Yeah. Um, Hold on, Southern. I see if she's on here. Trial, are you here? I am. Oh, goody, goody. Okay, he's gonna talk. He's gonna talk about a case. And Southern, please, please, stick with the case, and we'll leave the military for for another show because we want. I don't want to stay on here all night, but I do want to okay. hear this case because it's very exciting. Okay. Yes. With that, I leave it to you. Okay, I'm I'm working with some people down here in Florida, and one of the ladies is a, 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 she's a tornado. That's the only F five tornado in the courtroom. That's all I can say. Well, they kept quoting this case, all right, because she doesn't want to play with the rules, rule, uh, the Florida rules of civil procedure, all right, because they're copyrighted. She's like, fly out, told the judge, I require before I use that that you get a uh, a letter stating that I have permission from the copyright holders, excuse me, to use the copyrighted part of rules of civil procedure. All right? Well, they keep quoting this court case that I put out there, uh, the one in the uh, Word doc. Okay? You need to go pull that up and you need to read it. All right? It gets very interesting at a point. I'm going to read this section to you. Because, and she will agree, it's very interesting. Dismissal with prejudice, in effect, disposes of the case, not for any 
delirium on the part of the litigant, but on the part of the of his counsel. We are not, listen carefully, we are not unmindful of the rule that counsel is the litigant's agent and that his acts are the acts of the principal, a.k.a. the defendant or whoever. But since the rule is primarily for the convenience of counsel, dismissal with prejudice would in effect punish the litigant instead of the counsel. So what they're basically saying here is they're operating under the law of agencies. When you hire an attorney, he becomes your agent in that courtroom, all right? And you're responsible under the law of agencies, all right, law of command responsibility, all right, for anything that your agent does. Think about that for just a second. You are held responsible for anything that lawyer does, okay? So you need to go read that, pull that up, and study it. And they study the law of agencies. The other one, okay, that I put out there, I'm going to read a section to you, all right? This states, to promote the healthy orderly movement of litigation, the Florida Rules of Civil Procedure 1.380 authorizes sanctions for a party failure to comply with discovery orders. Uh, Mercer versus Ryan, Ryan uh, 1983, the imposition of the ultimate sanction is of dismissal is warranted in cases involving a uh, particular history of discovery abuse. All right, numerous motions to compel prior sa- uh, sanctions by the trial counsel right, and patent procedure practice prejudice right, to the opposing party. I've got a couple of case laws there. You need to get in and read these two documents really good because basically they just handed us solid gold. And I mean solid gold where you can start you can start going to these courtrooms when these people start uh, giving you a, crap, a bunch of crap about their uh, motions of discovery. Yes, give, it, give, give them what they want, but then turn around and play the game back on them, which is what we're doing right now. Okay? Now, this one case that we're dealing with, this judge, he's, uh, he's flat told the, the person in question that uh, the uh, Constitution does not apply in his courtroom or in any court. All right? They went to put in the uh, HIPAA law. That doesn't apply. None of the laws seem to apply. Well, the question now is, what laws are they using in the courtrooms? Just none of these laws apply. Okay? Which courtroom you were in? Which which jurisdiction you were in? Hello? Hi. Do, do, do you know what, um, was it like a district court? Is it a county court? Is it a supreme court? No, no, no. It's, it's a regular, it's a regular um, a state court. Okay. It's a regular state court. But uh, we're putting in some motions, some uh, declaratory judgments, okay, and asking certain questions. There's no such thing as a regular state court. You have to be under a jurisdiction. So you were in the county court or you were in the city court? 
County? Okay. Well, in Florida, it's all county and uh, state courts. The state no, courts they're, are the county, county courts. they're county, circuit, and district, and Supreme Court. Right. Said. A, let the clerk correct you. <laughs> well, the, the bottom line is that they, he, they, he's asking questions, making statements in this one case. I will put declaratory judgments in, and I think we're up to number 11 right now, all right, with this other case. And the judge is, like, not wanting to answer the declaratory judgments. Because one of the, the, the declaratory judgments is what law are you using in these courtrooms? Since apparently that you're not using United States Code law, you're not using Florida law, right? You're not using any any kind of law that we can perceive. So that's one of the declaratory judgments that's going in this courtroom. These these people are running. I'm telling you, they don't know what to say or what to do. Because everyone's it's, under. A- order under Social Security. That's where all this is coming from. Social Security is a military insurance contract. That's yes, ma'am. This is all right. So that's what this. That's where this is all coming from. So when you use their name with their lease and that number that you have it claimed, it automatically puts you in an administration jurisdiction, which falls directly under Social Security, and you can find that where Social Security has um, <clears throat> backdoor contracts and agreements with the city, the state, the institutions, the jails, the, all of them. So they all have these agreements. And you came along and you, you um, filled out for this license or ID, or you said you're a U.S. citizen, you automatically fell into that jurisdiction under the military instead of the civilian side. So the only time you can use a constitution in the court is when you have that authentication. When you have that authentication, you it's mandatory that you use the constitution, and that's a civilian. That's when you can come in and switch everything around. Uh-huh. Thank you. Yes, yeah, you're welcome. Do you have do you have access to that link to that uh, back door? Um, the Social Security Act, this, I actually have it on PDF. I can get that to you. It's got all kinds of stuff in there. I don't believe the crap that's in there. Oh, um, I wouldn't believe anything. I read the um, actual acts of, uh, of Social Security, the, all the, about the administration, uh, amendments after 1935. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Everything they did in 1935, they turned around and changed it in 1939. Yeah, they did a few amendments on all of the Social Security apps. Um, and and the only way that I know of so far to pull that, I mean, there's a few different ways that you can do it in court and so on and so forth, but the main document that you're going to need is that certificate of live birth to do it. That will move you over to the civil side. You can pull, you can permanently pull the Social Security out of that jurisdiction after you do the name change and you get the certificate of change in name, you bring it to Social Security and then they'll convey it and they'll tell you our business is concluded or our business is done here because it's all under business. When you went in, um, let's see, trial, what did you bring in as supporting documents to SSA? They want what they call evidence. Their, Their system asks for evidence. So 
when you get your name changed back to the civilian name, you have to either get a certificate or an exemplification certificate and bring it into them. And when they took mine, they said, oh, okay, well, you know, we sat there back and forth, kind of, you know, um, the poker looked back and forth. And I said, well, you know, I need you to convey this to that. Can you do that? And she said, absolutely. She grabbed the paper, which is a certificate of change of name, and she put it in the system. <clears throat> and I said, what did you just do? And she said that our system asked for evidence. And the evidence is right here. And she starts tapping on the, the docket number that's associated with the certificate of change of name. She said, the system asked for evidence. This is what we need. We put it in our system and our business is done here. And everything was concluded. Once that happened, all of my, the, the, the judge shut down. She came out and she said, well, normally we can't dismiss the case unless they dismiss it or unless you go to trial, but I'm going to override that. Case dismissed. Boom. And then... Um, there was a whole bunch of other different cases running and they basically, I said, I want to resolve it because everything had been resolved at that point. The name was resolved and the number was resolved and they go all under administrative law under social security because that's what their agreement is. Um, they're also under a gag order so they can't tell you it's social security. But <clears throat> I realized that it was social security when I started assigning them, telling them all that they were my trustees and they were doing what I said. So I said, okay, well, if you are doing what I said and I said that you're my trustee, then that means that you're all working for Social Security because Social Security is a trustee for the United States. And then I started, <laughs> I started looking through all this stuff and I was like, bingo. And that's pretty much how they do it. Until then, um, you're a tenant. They call you a tenant or a tenant with a 10 card that issues out of Social Security under under that military uh, block name that's blocking all of your property, and um, it they'll unlock it. And your mortgage, you have a house and you have a mortgage, you'll see that it says very clearly that you're a tenant, right? And that's where the ten answer. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Hey, you have ten ants marching around in your mortgage paper. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. So um, the civilian name is the one that's on that certificate of change of name, or yeah, that's the one that's on the certificate of change of name. That's the civilian. So they're they're all operating under full and total military doctrine. I was reading something; I can't remember what it was, but it was saying that everyone with a um, a name tag that was in block letters is military. So that's pretty that's much everybody. That's everybody. Everyone's in, in military exile jurisdiction. Oh, yep. my God. So I wonder how I got all of my identifications. You you know I showed you one of them, right, Trial, that it's in proper grammar? Uh-huh. Yeah. No wonder why they said they owe me a lot of I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> They've been robbing me for, what, 50 years? They've been robbing me all my life since I've been born. And they didn't even know I existed. So, people, if you don't do what you're supposed to do, like they say, you're going to be out of luck because, you know, we're on the right path. And lots of people are going to try to deviate you. Well, they can't because we're bringing in everything that we tell you with evidence. And um, I just want to read something here before Trial gives you some more um 
updates because this is important, but here it is from the Department of Commerce, okay? The Census Bureau says, it says here, uh, listen to this, um, the Census Bureau's Personal Identification Validation System, PVS, assigns unique person identifiers to federal, commercial, census, and survey data to facilitate linkages across and within the file. PVS uses probabilistic matching to assign a unique Census Bureau identifier for each person. The PVS matches incoming files to reference files created with data from the WHERE, the Social Security Administration, numerical identification file, and SSA data with address ob obtained from federal files. This paper describes PVS methodology from editing input data to creating the, fin the final file and um, people, I mean, reading in this um, this PBS file, um, it's on. Uh, I put it on legal deception for you to read because it tells you here they're the ones who get all the files from everybody, but they are the ones working with Social Security. They're making your book of life, and the census. What they're doing is they have to keep track of you. They have to match those security numbers. Like say um, you give someone your social security number and you get a phone and, or you buy whatever. At those nine years that they're not um, looking for you or talking to you, they have to match all the data that you gave from every household and then everybody else inputs their data and they are writing your book of life. They keep track of your marriage, your death, your birth, um, your, your uh, divorces. And so you think that they're not doing anything. Um, they are doing everything. They're the ones who, even though I, I believe, you know, that, that is also something that you didn't know um, that wasn't even disclosed to you that they were, they're the ones that are creating your book of life. The book of life starts at the hospital where uh, one of the 33 districts comes into the hospital and they write your name into a book of life and they time everything and there is a book of life now. But I think it's unfair that biblically speaking, they tell you about this book of life and revelation, but they don't tell you anything else unless, you know, Trial might have found something where they talk about who has the book of life, which I think it's an angel or somebody, I don't know who's holding it, but it's not fair that you didn't know that there was a book of life because you are being judged here on this planet based on what's in the book of life. All they have to do is punch in your number um, and you're being judged by who? The judges who were what? They're not supposed to be, I guess, coming into office the way they are. I thought they were supposed to be elected. Because, you know, it even says even the most elect were deceived. And we do elect people into office. But for some reason, someone's appointing them into office 
which is cheating because now they're not really working for you anymore. They're working for another, you know, like as an agency and they privatize. So they've taken what the, it was supposed to be a public office and the people are supposed to choose you because if you're being judged by a judge and a prosecutor, it should have been by choosing of the people, not by someone appointing them because then that brings in bias. You know, to uh, uh, the law. Uh, let me say something here. If you if you read the army manuals, okay, they tell you in the army manuals, okay, that and under the military, all, bar, all only bar attorneys they sit on a bench. It's written in their manuals. They can only use certified light uh, uh, card carrying members of the bar. All right. Yeah, that's because they are barring you. They are barring you as a sinner from your rights to have justice because you see, you don't exist. They never recorded you as being born. So, what mm-hmm. happened? Um, you there, Trail? Yep. Oh, you? I thought you wanted to say something in there? No, I'm listening. Oh, okay. So, you know, if they didn't record you as being born and they record the all caps name, you know what they did? They were recording the birth of your agency, of your entity. Well, actually, they were creating, they were registering the birth of your entity because, as you recall, I told you about five months ago that Somebody high up, I can't tell you who it is or else they'll wring my neck, was listening to a conversation in the corporate office. Are you there? Okay. And they were saying that they were talking about how are we going to squeeze more money out of these entities? And so this person says, what is that? What entities? They said the people. He says, why do you call them entities? He goes, oh, they're all entities. He goes, really? He goes, yeah, we call them entities. He goes, oh, okay. So he keeps his little notes. And then, you know, when I see that individual, he said, oh, you know what? We are a utility company. We're entities. So um, they're they're recording the birth of their creation, which is, you know, you're an entity. And that's why they give you that all caps birth certificate. And you know what, people? If that birth certificate was really, really yours, um, they wouldn't call it using your legal name, number one. And number two, you wouldn't have to pay for it. You would be getting free because they owe that to you if they recorded your being born and you say, I need this this birth certificate because... Uh, this is my date of birth, and if date of birth really meant that they recorded you as being born, right, then you wouldn't have to pay the $30, $20 or whatever you're paying for that piece of paper so that you can use it as your identity. Now, if you can use a birth certificate for your identity, you can also use a decree for your identity, meaning that once you get the decree and you get the certificate from the county, you need to stop using that birth certificate to identify yourself. 
Like, why would you use a birth certificate or a certificate of live birth when you already have a decree? I don't use the birth certificate ever, ever. You know what? We went to the new school, and you know what I told the district? They were like, you're going to give us that birth certificate. You're going to give us that social security number. And I said, no, I'm not. And I brought in the Texas rule that says I'm not supposed to give them anything unless they tell me exactly what they're going to do with it, for how long, and for what purpose. And I read, I, I highlighted it. How about I took it to the district? They had me sitting there for an hour just so I can tr- do a transfer. And I got up from my seat and walked right over there to the district uh, guy's office. And I knocked on there and I said, hello, you know, I was, I'm, I'm the one that they're calling about over here at this school. And, and I'm not going to, I've been sitting here for an hour. I don't know what you guys are waiting for. Let me show you my papers. So I bring my papers in and the man says, well, this only applies to you. So then I give him the Texas paper because he's saying, you know, only you have immunity. Uh, Why does a child have immunity? I said, because that is my creation. Whatever my daughter creates is mine too. So he goes, so what do I do? And I said, well, here, I'm going to make it easier for you. And I give him the Texas law that says you're, you're not supposed to give anybody your papers, nor your Social Security numbers. And so he said, well, can I at least know where you're at? And I go, yeah, I'm over here at this apartment complex. And I told him, he goes, okay, I just want to know if you're in the area. I go, yeah, but you're not getting a birth certificate. Not unless you're going to tell me why you want it, what you're going to do with it, and for how long. And he did not want to tell me. So <laughs> guess what? Yeah, he did not want to discuss that. He co- Listen, before I walked out, he told me to have a seat outside. He said, I'm going to call general counsel and let me see what she says. And that was the only thing he said when he hung up. He goes, can I at least know where you're staying at so that um, I know that you're in our district? I said, well, I'm not in your district, sir. I'm right here. I live right inside here. I don't live inside a district. I said, I don't live inside artificial creations by mankind. I'm right here. And if you want to look for me, here's my phone number. And I left him the phone number. And that is the only thing that the school has is my name, which is my first name only, and the phone number, and that's all you're going to get. My granddaughter, she goes to school, first name only, and I told them, don't you dare call her by any other name except for this name because that's what she wants you to call her. And they don't. They don't put no last name on any of her papers. See, you guys got to start standing up for your rights. You tell them what they can call you. You don't let them tell you because if you say, oh, can I have your first and last name and can I have this and that, you know what? What are you doing? You're bending. They're bending your will. Mm -hmm. People, do not let other people control you. This is what this show is about. Legal deception is about you take control of your assets. And you, you know what you do? You try to dump your liabilities on the, on the other guy, which is those who are corporations and stuff that try to tell you what to do, make them be liable because they're claiming that they're liable for you. That's what Southern just read to you, that you're the principal and they're the agent. Okay, if you're the agent, Mr. Agent Man, 
There's even a song that Southern was telling me about called Secret Agent Man. Okay, well, Secret Agent Man, <laughs> you can sing the song to him. Secret Agent Man, I need you to do this, this, and this because I've just granted you my trust. And, um, no, no, you, no. Huh? It, this, this, the song goes like this. It's Secret Agent Man. They've given you a number and taken away your name. You hear what he said? And he is correct. He is correct. What is <laughs> People, your your name is um uh nine If they ever asked you what your name was, I would just give them the social. That would really bl- let me tell you. If well, you're if, up, if they took away your if they took away your name, if you go name, back, then if you go back and, and look at it, okay, we, th- there was a song to uh, Secret Agent Man. And then yeah. there was the greatest secret, secret agent of all time, 007, James Bond. Yeah. Think about it. They're just giving you numbers and taking away your names. Yeah, and he was 007, right, all the way down. Listen, it's been going on for years, okay? Yeah, they've been sitting there laughing at us because we never caught it. <laughs> Hello? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'll jump in here. She was going to say something. Oh, I said if they're if they're taking away your name and giving you your giving you a number, then that's the military jurisdiction, and you need the name to eliminate okay. the number and come back on the civilian side. That simple. I mean, it's not the most you know um, easiest process, but once it's done, you're recognized as being on the Side. Like I said, I, I said this before, I had an officer say to me, there's nothing we can do. Um, this is a civil matter, and we only deal with criminals. And let me tell you something. She, you are so right, Trial, because every time I was in court, see, um, I kept trying to figure out why I was getting a private attorney. Why? And I would walk into the courtroom and just say whatever I had to say to these people, and they would not say a word to me. I would sit in the courtroom, and they would say, all rise. I would not get up. But I wasn't familiar that there was a battle going on. I just didn't want to get up. <laughs> yeah, and I, that's why I'm writing a, a, the book about, you know, um, don't be afraid of the courtroom because – when you're a civilian and you get your name back, just like in trial, and you're going to give orders in that courtroom, and they better say how high they need to jump, skip and hop. But um, when you're a civilian, you even get a civilian number for your cases. When you walk in a courtroom and you're a civilian, you say, hey, I'm a civilian, and you're supposed to give me a civilian due process. That's right. Okay. Uh, uh, hold on. Keep going. Uh, I'm pulling something okay, up. Okay, I want to connect this real quick, and then I'm going to hand this over to you, and I'm going to hand this over to Trial too, um, so she can give you any updates, or if you guys had any questions, I'll unmute you shortly. The reason why you're muted is so we can get our information out. Well, it says here... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm just going to read these little articles here because it matches what you just said. This is from the Census Bureau. It says the Census Bureau involved matching persons across surveys and federal data to enhance the understanding of participation in various federal programs. Fundamental to this work is is a method to ensure 
the same person is linked across multiple multiple administrative files, okay? And then it says um, Census Bureau's person identification validation system, it's called PBS, is used to ascertain unique person and address identifiers. And then it says here... Um, the uh, the reference files are derived from the Social Security Administration's SSA numerical identification file, SSA Numiden. The Numiden contains all the transactions recorded against one Social Security number and is re- reformatted to create the census Numiden. The census numident reference file contains one record for each social security number, keeping all variants of date of birth and name data in separate files. Now, you heard what I said. The census also has a numident file that you're going to have to get. So remember, I told you we had to bust down some doors here, but what I'm saying, that means the next person we have to go and get it from is the census bureau. They have the census Numident reference file, which contains one record for each social security number, keeping all variants of date of birth and name data in separate files. The census numident is enhanced with address information from administrative records to create another reference file. And this is what this reference file is called, so you write it down, because our show can only do so much, and there's thousands of you in our, in our legal deception that this file is called the GeoBase it's reference file. So you need to get your Numident um, file for that, and it's supposed to give you all the data of everything ever charged to your account on that Social Security number. You're going to find, you might find that you have money in there. You might find a winery in there. You might find something in there that gives you money and you didn't even know that you had a bank account in your name somewhere in Mexico with a hundred thousand dollars in it because someone stole your identity. Right. I'm telling you this because my daughter one day she needed to apply for food stamps. She got laid off from her job and she was denied and denied and denied and we said why do you keep denying her? You know are you discriminating? And they said no. How can we give her um, food stamps when she has thousands of dollars sitting over there in Missouri and the, and the CD accounts and everything. We were like, she doesn't have a CD account. They said, yeah, we looked up her social security number. She has a large sum of money sitting in Missouri in these banks over here with a whole bunch of CDs. And they told her, what I would do is go pull a credit report and go find those accounts and and close them all and take all the money out because you are the rightful owner since somebody took it out in your name and your social. Of course, she hasn't done it yet, but she better go do it because whoever's doing it is an investor. Um, so that's the one. Now, the reference file, now you know that the census numadent, and the reference file is called the geobase. The match person record is assigned a unique person identifier called the what? Now, write this down. The protected identification key. So you need a key, P-I-K it's called. PIC. And that's a lot. It's called a P-I-K. 
P as in um, Pam, I as in Indian, K as in Kite. Yeah, it's and a lock. You can pick the lock and get all your yeah, stuff off. But you're picking the lock. It says protected. We're going to pick that lock, all right. Protected identification key. And it is an anonymous identifier as unique as a social security number. Once assigned, the PIC serves as a person linkage key across all files that have been processed using PVS. The PIK also serves as a person unduplication key within files. So if somebody is trying to, like, say that somebody tried to charge you uh, $50,000 twice for an education bill, they will find it and they're going to un, they're going to un, um, unduplicate it. And it says here, the Census Bureau developed the PBS in 1999 in collaboration with who? The SSA. The PBS was tested using the 1997 Census Population Survey, previously verified that the SSA's SSN validation process, the enumeration verification system, which is, uh, write this down, because you, you want to know these words. This, these words, when you're talking to a Census Bureau now, this is the vocabulary that you have to use. This is why I was telling you earlier about using a passport instead of a license, and then you don't talk about driving um, as an operator driving a motor vehicle because you hand the officer a passport. Now we're talking about traveling. When you're talking about the census data, you're talking about a whole different set of words here, and this should be in your vocabulary when you're speaking to the Census Bureau. They don't want to hear about jurisdiction. They don't want to hear about venue. They don't want to hear about your court case. They don't want to hear about your problems. They want to hear you speaking intelligently, using intelligent words that pertain to their industry and their agency. Once you learn the tricks of the trade, honey, they will, they will be in shock that you know these words. Um, so uh, let's see, um, let's see if there's anything else important here. Um, it says, uh, um, okay, so this one is called the Enumeration Verification System, EVS. E as an elephant, V as in Victor, S as in Sam. So you can use that and... Um, as part of the of our memorandum of understanding with Social Security SSA, the Census Bureau must validate Social Security numbers using PVS anytime data are linked to any Social Security Administration data. The Social Security Administration has authority to to uh, it has authorized the use of the PVS. So the Census and the Social Security are linked. And I'm going to actually allow, let me see if there's something here. One of the key enhancements increased the coverage of the reference files by including records for persons with individual taxpayer identification numbers assigned by the Internal Revenue Service called ITINS, I-T-I-N-S, to the Social Security-based Numident data. The PBS is an important tool at the Census Bureau that continues to pursue research using now. Now they're using your um, 
uh, your 2010 census data to, to add to it. And um, if you want, I will continue reading this. Oh, you know what? Because I'm trying to show you here. Let me see. Um, in section two, it says record linkage background. Record linkage is the process of bringing together two or more records relating to the same. Now, what is your name here, people? Entity. I want you to put that in your vocabulary book. We're talking about, you write the Census Bureau information. You write entity. In 1946, H.L. Dunn of the United States National Bureau of Statistics introduced the term in this way. Each, now here it is so you can know. Each person in the world creates a book of life. So you wanted to know where the book of life was, okay? This book starts with birth and ends with death. Record linkage is the name of the process of assembling the pages of this book into a volume. Done, 1946. In 1959, computerized record linkage was first undertaken by the Canadian geneticist Howard Newcomb and his associates. Um, okay. In 1969, Ivan Pelleggi and Alan Sunder provided a mathematical framework to provide a viable theorem for linking two data file records on common characteristics. This section briefly describes the general theory of record linkage. The paper by Pelleggi and Sunder, 1969, provides a detailed theory. So that you know what they're, they're doing here is they're showing you how they do it. They're giving you the mathematical calculations, um, which um, I would have to look at it. I know a lot. I went all the way up to, um, I studied a lot of math, way past calculus, but I would have to look over the math calculations here. I don't, like, I'm not, I'd have to sit down and actually pull up a Texas instrument to see if, what they're calculating here. But anyway, that's not important. What's important is, is that I just told you what they said they're doing. They are the ones creating your book of life, and they call it a volume. So that book is a volume, just like you see the book of Moses. Well, there's a book about you too, okay? Um, let's see here. I'm trying to see. Okay, so with that, with that, I'm going to see if, let me see if I need to leave it at that. Or is there anything else here? Um, Can you talk about this? Um, you mentioned that you had a friend and they were doing some work. Um, and there were some um, lawsuits and stuff going on. And I didn't, we were talking and I didn't get enough information on that. I'm definitely curious if you could go into that. Um, I can't go into it. <laughs> but, but how about this that person also follows you and I can hook you up with them okay because you saw that they use a different verbiage too mm -hmm. about what they said was happening with us we've you know what um I wanted to tell you like since the people they you know I post things and a lot of people didn't get to see it but um, and I want Southern to reiterate his part, too, but I was telling you a story about my friend going to Social Security, and you need to write this down. If you guys, every time you come to our show, you need to have pen and paper handy, because if you don't have paper and pen handy, 
I can't have you texting me in Messenger because there's like 150 of you trying to text me at the same time. You even crash my phone sometimes. And I, I can't answer everybody's question one-on-one, so have pen and paper handy. When you go to Social Security, the, the, the lady who spoke to my friend said, you're either A or B. You're either a U.S. citizen or you're a resident alien. Okay, A means U.S. citizen. That means you're you're missing an action. And B, well, B means resident alien. Now, Southern, tell them that that that's for Social Security. Okay, oh, and there's no. a, I have all the letters. Okay, because the Social Security, my friend got it. Um. I would have to check because he sent it to me by phone here. Let me see what he gave me. Um, he gave me all the letters, actually. Um, let me see here. He gave me, hold on here. He gave it to me. Um, where is it at? Oh, my goodness. I know he didn't text him that. Let me see here. Okay, here it is. A is U.S. citizen. B is legal alien authorized to work. C is legal alien not authorized to work. D equals other. E equals alien student restricted work authorized. And F is conditionally legalized alien. Now, it says conditionally legalized alien if the application was submitted prior to November 1980. Thus, item will be blank. So I'm thinking that if we, and you know what, we're going to have to go to Social Security. I'm going to have to ask the question because F says, I mean, after the all the letters goes in, it says if the application was submitted prior to November of 1980. Thus, item will be blank. That means you wouldn't fill out any of them because that wouldn't apply to you. And I think everybody thinks that you have to choose something. So I'm going to question that, okay? Um, meaning that I'm going to have to go in myself because they will not talk about this on the phone and they barely, barely want to talk to you about this in person, barely. I mean, I'm going to have to go at like 3.30 and have them call me in after everybody's gone. Um, Southern, tell them what you found that you posted also on legal deception. The two, dis- what are you, um, what you told me about the Indian and stuff? Oh, uh, okay. That's, uh, 8 USC 1401. Okay. I didn't find it, but I, I've known about it for quite some time. I've talked to several people and we had a, couple calls a long time ago. Yeah. Um, hold on. One second. Okay. 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 Hold on one second. It's important to tell them where you got it so that the I'm people can mark it. I've not posted this out there yet, but go oh, in and <clears throat> go in and read 8 U.S.C. 1401. Now, Pay very close attention to what you're reading. 
because there's out of all that list there, that the heading is Nationals and Citizens of the United States at birth. Now, go in there and you read everybody that is born outside the United States. All right, I'm going to post this out there probably tomorrow because I want to add something to it. All right, but the bottom line is, okay, there's only two things on that list born inside the United States, people. One is an Indian tribe. The Indians, that's under Section B. Uh, Eskimo, Alatonian, and other Aboriginal tribes. That's Section B. You ain't going to believe this. Under Section F, all right, a person of unknown parentage found in the United States while under the age of five and until shown prior to the attaining the age of 21 not to have been born in the United States. In plain words, a foundling child. Right. Now, here's something that's really interesting. I was looking up, I think it's, um, I want to say Moses in the Bible and Wikipedia. And they have a very interesting rundown on it. Um, and it talks about... Moses being a foundling child, it talks about the um, Israelites were enslaved minors. In other words, the Israelites that they're talking about in the Bible are the lost minor accounts. And that's a big, huge piece because Moses had to part the Red Seas and then walked out with the Israelites. So that sea, that red sea, um, has to do with the Social Security and having to go in there and to remove all of his minor accounts and walk out. And as he's walking out, the Egyptian army behind him that was following them was engulfed by the water. So definitely when you get a chance, check that out. It, does, it talks about the foundling and it says, the Israelites, comma, enslaved minority or minor, I think it's an enslaved minority, comma, and I said, okay, they're describing the enslaved minority accounts as Israelites, Israel. Those are the real, the real property, the real accounts. Yeah. In I'm sorry for interrupting you. Go ahead. No, you're not interrupting me. I said, yeah. <laughs> I was saying yeah because I found my headset. <laughs> no, I, I I interrupted Feather. I'm sorry. He, when he mentioned foundling, that again brought me back to that piece. I mean, so everything that, that we, that, you're saying foundling child, and that refers to the Israelites. The minority account are the Israelites. That's what okay, it says. But here's the thing: were they called foundling children? Moses was a foundling child, but. Uh, I, you know what? I'll be honest with you. I'll have to do more digging on that. Yeah, find... you know what I was thinking about what you were saying was, you know, the founding child. You know what? I, we, I guess we are Israelite. You know, Israelites people, um, it isn't a Jewish person. No, it's the account. And yeah, then... you're, when you change your name and you get re-recorded and... Um, Remember, Trial, that I just told you about the incorporation that me and you were discussing about 
someone else, right? Mm-hmm. And I told you that Bible statistics told me, oh, yeah, when you get your name changed, come and see me so I can incorporate you. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, and remember I told her, well, will Indiana be able to see that, the state of Indiana vital statistics? And remember she said the whole world will be able to see it, that you've returned? You have to go to vital stats. And they have to incorporate you. And I think that you need to use that magic word on vital statistics. And let me tell you something. They call it adoption. Yeah, but if we don't do it, if they don't do it, tell them to call me. Because you know what? I I called for someone else, too. They said they were going to look into it because they didn't know, like somebody else that had a name change, and they already went to social, and they're going back to vital now, and that individual was telling us, because he had to call me because the lady said she didn't understand what he was saying about the birth certificate, and he was saying, you need to incorporate me now, uh, you know, and she was like, I don't, I don't know, I've never done this before, people, don't be mad at the people, okay, they, what we're doing is out of this world, we are becoming those Israelites that have been missing, okay, you are the missing Israelite, then you will be what, you will be real then, okay, is Ra, you know, the sun, is is Isis, Ra is the sun, and Al is Elohim, right? So they merge those three things together, but you do want to be an Israelite because then you go back to the beginning and don't be angry with people when they don't understand you. If they don't understand you, um, gosh, I may as well open an agency <laughs> trial and set up a hotline where we call people and explain it to them. If, if if they don't understand what you're saying, then you're using the wrong terminology. So if you're blabbing blah, 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 and, they, and they're confused, you need to stop talking and ask yeah. a question. When you right. ask a question, they're going to respond to you in their language, in their terminology. In the Bible, it says, come, let us go down and confound their language. So every time you enter into another office or a jurisdiction or what they call a state, because they're all yeah. different states, okay, they're going to have a different language that they go by. They're going to have a different manual that they use. They're going to have different instructions. So if you're talking and they're like, I don't know what you're talking about, you ask the question, okay, well, then let me ask you this. What jurisdiction are you under? Oh, this is a legislative branch. Oh, awesome. Okay, legislative. Oh, this is executive. Oh, this is judicial. Okay, so what, where do I go to find the rules for judicial acts? And, and, and you can use apps. Sorry, I have a plane going over here. You can use apps. Once you get your certificate of change of name, you can use any app that you find. You can execute upon any app. So you want to find out how, what, what they're acting under. And then use those words. And I'm telling you, if you find the app that they're under and you go and you look up those apps, I'm telling you right now, you're going to find some, you're going to find some goodies that you didn't expect to find. Oh, and here's another thing, too. People. People, people, people. Do not file your stuff in public records. Israelites don't file things in public records, okay? (laughs) Like, stop trying to go to the recorder's office and publicize 
what you've done because if you do that, it kills what you've done. Yeah, it's a quick claim. You quit your claim. Don't do that. Do not. Yeah, do not do that because you're undoing. Look, the legal system undoes God's law. You're coming in to rectify and make it righteous and whole again. You don't go back to the same ways of doing things. Oh, I'm going to record this in the public record. No. They do it internally, and the whole world will know. You, you know, to, they have to do it for your protection. Mm-hmm. This is the land of the dead here, people. When you come to life, do you think that they want you public? Do you know how many zombies would come into that courtroom and there won't be a courtroom left? There's a movie, um, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, when the guy, he turned this other guy into a vampire, and the guy that was turned into the vampire tried to kill him. And he, he was unable to kill him, and the, the man who turned him, he looked at me and he said, yeah, that's one, of, that's one of God's little tricks. He goes, only the living can kill the dead. Only the living can kill right. dead. The so dead I want, yeah, I just want people to know, and I'm going to reiterate it over and over. Stop trying to record your name change into the public record because you're throwing yourself back into the sea of dead. Hey, the de- hey, didn't he part the Dead Sea? Red. Or the, no, the Red Sea. Okay, but we do have a Dead Sea. Yeah. Oh, look at that. The Dead Sea Scrolls. Uh-huh. When they opened up the Dead Sea, what did they find? Well, what happened is that the Dead Sea began receding in water, and then they found the scrolls in these caves that were once covered with water inside these clay pots. But isn't that a coincidence that the Dead Sea um, receded and they found all these scrolls? Uh And um, I just want to let you know that the Book of Enoch was included with the Bible and that it was removed by these men who wanted to hide things from you. And in there, they're saying that you're not supposed to say the word God because you're saying Satan when you say God, according to the book of Enoch. What he did was God, Satan, though, is this cap? Yes, because yes. Have three gods it's in not the Bible. Now, and he There's tricked all- everybody by shortening his name to God. There's three gods in the Bible. There's all mm-hmm. caps, there's upper, lower, and then there's all lower. There's three yeah. lords, all caps, upper, lower, and then all lower. And the Lord, if you look up legal definition of Lord in Black's Law Dictionary, you're going to find that it's a record, it's a record keeper. Right. Vengeance Stein said the record keeper. You hear that? I put a video I put the video out on that about what they found in the book of Enoch and it says that Lord the word Lord was meant only to be used for Lord Baal B A A L that was whenever they said Lord in that time frame 
that it was really meant to call upon their god, Lord Baal. That means, you know, some god that was here on earth. You know Baal and the dragon? Mm, um, that's Revelation 13. The dragon, the dragon yeah. in Revelation 13, the dragon stood on the, um, the shore. And there were two beasts that came out. There was the beast that came out of the sea and the beast that came out of the earth. The earth is the land and the sea. We know what, the, we know what that is. And, and that dragon happens to be social security. So we're, we're giving you like a little bit of correlation of the Bible and what it means today with these agencies. They are protecting your accounts, but they're waiting for your return. And if you watch the Lord of Rings, you know it says um, the return of the king. Why? In the Bible, they talk about that, too, the return of the king. You know, we have, you, I'm going to tell you something. When you return, you are supposed to be treated right. The reason why they're not treating you right is because we live amongst a world of dead people. They only, and you know how come they're dead? Because we were all dead at one point. We only knew how to get up in the morning Go to our job, fulfill the little job description that they made you sign a contract for. You know, when you get a job, you sign a contract to be employed by this company. And then you work there for eight or nine hours. And if you're a slave, like I, I used to be a slave myself, people. I used to work 13 and 14 hours at a packing house when I was 19, nine months pregnant, packing squash. Um, and I thought I was cool. I was 19, nine months pregnant and packing squash. <laughs> but I thought it was cool because I held out for the nine months and I didn't even take a, a six-week um, vacation. I, I came back to work in two weeks and um, had to get a babysitter uh, right away because um, my old man, he didn't know how to take care of a baby at that time, and I didn't want him to put the diaper on the baby's head instead of on his butt. <laughs> um Basically, um, uh, and you know that um, you have to come back and you're also going to probably have to go to, in order to fix the minor accounts, you have to call back all the minors. So the next thing I'll be working with, first I got to finish this um, thing with the Census Bureau that I'm reading. You are at liberty to read it yourself too. It's on legal deception. Um, I'll tell you what the document's called. Um, it's called, uh, let's see here. It's, uh, I named, well, I didn't name it. The person, my friend gave it to me. It's called CARA, C-A-R-R-A dash W-P dash 2014 dash one dot PDF. Go into Legal Deception's file section. You can download it and um, read it. You need to know the terminology being used with, um, with this uh, agency because if you don't know how to speak their language, you start having a hard time and um, you know you're not supposed to be giving up, okay? That's the whole point. You guys are here today because you're not supposed to give up. and I don't care what anybody tells you. You need a nationality? Sure. Be a, you, if you, we're going to work on that later. If we needed to have one, but so far, your nationality should have been the living or a life form or something. But 
when you start choosing things and pledging your allegiance to things that you don't really know for sure you should be, work on all your paperwork first because they will respect you. I mean, people, name change really means, and, and if you know what, if they don't get it when you change your name, say this is a change of assignment. I'm the living heir and I'm right here. And um, try out, tell them what to tell the courts about the nobody thing to make it more simple so that the judge doesn't have to get frustrated and try not to give them their name the way you want it given to you. There's a, there's a lot of, um, it, was, it was much easier before. It's becoming a little bit more difficult now. And, you know, the judges are saying, this is the same name, you know, and they're, they're kind of pushing back a little bit. And this is where your homework has to come in. You're going to have to do your homework and, you know, hey, this is not the same name. This is, this is, this is all tapped. This is incorrect. This is upper lower. This is what was intended for me. This is supposed to be mine, but I have erroneous documents. And what I need is I need a decree showing if, if you say that this is my name here, because a lot of them are saying, this is already your name. I'm not going to give you a decree. Well, hold on. If this is already my name, then why don't you go ahead and sign the paper so I can go give the evidence to Social Security and these other agencies and get everything all squared away. You're going to have to, don't go in there with the, the air and the, the this and that and the other thing. Don't go in there doing all that because you, you get nervous and you start chattering away and the more you talk, the more you undo what you're trying to do. Look, Yorana, I'm a civilian. I'm not part of the military, right? For instance, the civilian, the legal definition for civilian here, I got it pulled up. It says, a person not in the armed services or the police force. The synonyms are non-combatant, non-military person, ordinary citizen, private citizen, okay? Family members and other civilians were quickly evacuated from the post. Now, Social Security, if you go digging, you can find in the manual, it says Social Security is a foreign service post, Okay? There's another definition for civilian of denoting or relating to a person not belonging to the armed services or police. And again, we're going to go back to the Social Security Act where it says Social Security has an agreement with all of these institutions. And when you use that lease, Southern already said it tonight, you're part of the military. Get out of their jurisdiction. Go in there and change your name. Get your documents together so you don't have to worry about these people because I'll be totally honest with you. They don't bother me. They don't bother me anymore. And now listen, they were, they were coming after me hot, hot when I went back and I switched the jurisdiction by accident over to the DMV. Man, let me tell you something. They came after me guns blazing. And when I pulled everything out of Social Security, that is what saved me. So get out of that. Hmm? You want to read, I'll tell you a secret. You want to read the definition of, of Civilian, yeah. go look under the International Commission of the Red Cross uh-huh. and start reading the definition of civilian there and how they're supposed to treat a civilian. I keep telling people this, and they don't want to go read it. But, they don't. Uh, civilians, the civilians are protected person. That's they right. cannot harm or allow by their actions to be harmed a civilian. That's right. And, and they don't want to, the people don't want to listen to this crap. But okay. They want to have it. They want. They want, they want. They want. Handed to them. They want. They want 
you know, people to sit and, and, and break everything down. And, you know, I'm, I do it because I see that people are having difficulty. That's why I do it, because I see that people are, are having a tough time and they don't know what to read. So fine. Here's the materials to read. Do they read it? No. They don't. They wait for you to break it down. And then when you give them a little crumb or tidbit, then they run and they go read. And they say, oh, my God, I finally read it. This is what it says. That reading is there to empower you because, because Southern's not going to be around forever. Joe's not going to be around forever, and I'm not going to be around forever. This, this information that we're giving you, read it. And if you don't understand it, when you read something, if you don't understand it, open up another tab, legal definition of, legal definition of, legal definition of, financial definition of, because there's a lot of finance stuff. There's medical stuff in there, too, because all of this started at the hospital. Well, the problem, the problem is that there's a legal definition of civilian out there that leads everybody to believe that they're uh, an expert in civil law. Because I got into that with somebody about two years ago, and I tried to convince him that he was using the wrong definition of civilian, which he was. And I sent him over to the uh, International Commission of Red Cross's site, and that's when he got it. He said, Jesus Christ, man. He said, they're not supposed to be touching us. I said, no, they're not. That's right. Don't you become a civilian? No, they're not supposed to lay hands on you. It's a war crime. That's right. But the problem is... Everyone is on the wrong side. Everyone is using their lease, and they're a tenant. They're a tenant on their on 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 lease rented property from the military. And I'm telling you right now, it ain't God's army, honey, because the devil's army is the only one that's going to come grab you, beat you, throw you in a dirty hole, give you slop to eat. Does that sound Does that sound like any type of holy treatment that anyone should be experiencing? No. So if it ain't God, then guess what? You're on the wrong side. Just by the way you're treated, just by the way they speak to you, you're on the wrong side. You know, it's funny. Um, when the Social Security number was still intact, um, I had an old warrant that became active again. So, you know, they come and grab me. So I'm talking to the, to the cop. He puts me in the car, and uh, he turns on the radio. And I don't know if it was the CD playing or if it was just the, the, you know, just the universe trying to give me a hint, but the song that was on said she's got a little bit of God in her and a little bit of devil in her. I said, okay, so there's another piece. And I started talking. I said, are you, wow, you guys work for Social Security. You guys trust me. wouldn't say a word to me. He had nothing to say, but he played that song for me. And I said, okay, you're trying to tell me something. So as as the time went on, I started trying out different things. Like, come here, come here, you, come here, come over here for a second. Hey, listen, you uh, you're gonna be my trustee, and I, what I want you to do is uh, go into my cell phone. I need you to get into my cell phone and and text this person, call this person, do this, and come back and tell me what they said. Do you know they did everything? <laughs> they also told me I, I was. And I said, um, I said, I, I know that uh, the system is um, based upon the 1611 King James uncopywritten version of the Bible. So what is the police station here? And they started laughing. They said, this is purgatory. The post office, the postmaster tells me he's Solomon. So 
So they all play this position in this game. And it's us running around scratching our asses trying to figure out why they're taking our houses. <laughs> it's such a bad Every, joke. Really is. playing the Bible game except for we the people were sitting there wondering. But you know what? It's the people's fault because, you know, you listen to these people and they'll be like, I'm a patriot. I'm this. I'm this. And, and I'm like, you know what? And none of you guys are, you know, and, and I hate it when someone will say, I'm a Christian. And yet you don't even read the Bible. We give, listen, we give you the answer, and then you'll come back later and say, um, I couldn't find it on your show. Well, you know, we've done 70-something shows already telling you the answers, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this here for you guys because, you guys, it's so important that you know what a civilian is. Section 802, definition of what kind of terrorism? Domestic terrorism. Section 802... That's right. Yeah, B, appear to be intended, I, to intimidate or coerce a civilian population. Okay? Listen to this one. The term domestic terrorism means activities that involve acts dangerous to human life that are a violation of the criminal laws of the United States or of any state. That means, and remember this, I told you guys this, state means what? Um, I know I didn't give you a clear definition, but I went into the family law book, and I, and I said, what is consent? It says here consent. It said your state of mind. Mm-hmm. Your state of mind. Are you an infant? Are you a baby? Are you a man, a woman? What are you? You are at the age of consent when they can determine that you have a state of mind that is reasonable, rational, and that you understand what's going on in this world. Most people come in there fighting with the courts, and they look at you and they shake their heads. And at first, they might be forgiving a couple of times, but the third and fourth time they see you in there, they're coming in there to hammer you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, look at C here. Domestic terrorism means... Activities that, let me read C to you, because you know what? This is where you fall. C occurs primarily within the territorial jurisdiction of the United States. (laughs) So, um, yeah, because uh, it says here, let's see, conforming amendment, Section 3077-1 of Title 18, United States Code, is amended to read as follows. Act of terrorism means an act of domestic or international terrorism as defined in 2331. And if you want, um, oh, yeah, and there's a prohibition against harboring terrorists, too. So um, you can read the Patriot Act and, you know... um, it's, you know, yeah, it's good for them to read it when they become a civilian because now all of these things will apply to you because they're not supposed to be doing domestic terrorism on you. If you're a peaceful, you know, you're a peaceful inhabitant and a civilian, then you can't, you know, be terrorized by the militia, a.k.a. police 
or any, you know, type of people unless you were killing someone. The other one, let me see. Okay, you can go on for a minute. Let me look up the Red Cross one here. Cause, Hello, um, She-Wolf. The audio has stopped. You're not being recorded. The audio has stopped. Let me see here. <laughs> nope, it's recording. I, I, it, But it's not coming through the system. Something There's no sound? The sound? No sound is coming out. From the chat room? From, you know, talk shoe. Okay, you know what, guys? Um, hold on here because you know what? Oh, yeah, I know what it is, guys. There's nothing we can do. Um, we might do this show again. Um, I got a little alert when I logged in, right, that said that they're having um, uh, sound problems unless uh, you guys want to call. I know. Isn't that a coincidence? That yeah, what a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because we're losing. We're losing all this good information. It's been off for the last um, ten minutes. Okay, let me call let me log out and try to call back in. I'll be right back. Hey try out. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Okay. I wanted to say something real quickly. Um Donald Trump, who is president of the United States Corporation. He said, don't people realize, you know, the Civil War? If you think about it, why? People don't ask that question, but why was there a Civil War? Why could that one not have been worked out? You know why there was a Civil War? It wasn't a Civil War. It was war between the states. You know why? It's still going on. You want me to tell you why there was the war? Okay, here's here's the reason that there was that war between the states. The states were getting ready to come out with their own currency, their own money, and they had to stop that. They were going to do their own financing, and they did not want that, so they had to stop each state from being its own country. That is the reason. Well, Everything else was a smokescreen. The, the civil war that he's talking about is the one that's going on right now. The civilians are on the wrong side. All hold on one second. Let me tell you something. You know what really started the civil war? What I just told you was the reason why they could not hold have on. each state, you know, developing and having their own. Hey, because just imagine that, okay? They would be 48 different ones with, they they wouldn't have no control over them, and everybody would enjoy life. You know, you wouldn't have any taxes, none of that nonsense, and the roads would be paved. You know, all this great would be going on. They couldn't allow that. That's too darn good for the people. Well, that's on the military side, but on the civil side, it's Well, the a- military kicked in. So this is pre-military. The military came and kicked in and put a stop to all of that, and that's why we're on the military right now, state of emergency, and banking state of emergency, because they don't want us to have any of this banking. They don't want us to be private bankers either. They well, hate you, that. They want us this, all to be slaves. This has been, yes, but this has been going on since before Egypt. This is a very mm-hmm. old... Oh, yeah, yes. So they want to control... 
you know, this whole currency type. Of course they do, but but they also to walk out of that military side and move over to the civilian side. They've given you, even in the Emancipation Proclamation, said, you know what, we're going to free the slaves, but you have to do your part. You have to do your piece. You have to go get your shit back. So it's the, the Civil War is still going on because of the, the, the larger bulk of the population is stuck in the military, Social Security, all-cap jurisdiction. Now, there's two sides to Social Security. Okay, there's the all cap side and there's the upper lower side. When you fill out that Social Security card form, everything is an all cap. But when you start filling out the private forms, the forms that are not for general use, okay, the consent based release things like that, you get everything upper lower. You can't use that consent until you get the other stuff and you show up with those five seals. Then you can use all the private side special stuff. Okay, now where can we get to the uh, private side of the Social Security? Oh, you have to name first. You have to get your name first. You have to get your decree first. You have to get your certificate of change of name first. You have to get the conveyance first. You have to get all of these things first before they'll even consider you anything other than a tenant. Okay, okay. Okay? Yes. So on my website, there's three webinars about the name change registration. There's another one we just did Saturday. Saturday. Did it. And it's on my website. You can download it from there. Or you can get the slides. The slides are for free. You can go through the slides. There's tons of stuff, information. There's like 60-something slides in there. The only thing that's not in the slides is the online stuff that I did showing which forms that you have to use, where you have to put stuff, and so on and so forth, and, and the Q&A, the little pieces of Q&A. Other than that, the slides aren't going to get you completely what you need. You're definitely going to need the show, but the slides are there for informational purposes, and they're helpful and they're useful. And, and, and in those slides is a lot of it Social Security stuff. Social Security is an insurance program. It says it in American jurisprudence. That's also in the slide. There's a Social Security War Manual on my website that's been sitting up there for about a year now. <laughs> you know, it's sitting there. There's there's yeah. videos on there with encrypted fork tongue. There's cartoons on there that are talking about how <laughs> Mr. Nobody in, in a cartoon there's a cartoon on there talking about how the prosecutors are, are, are liars. They ended up in the land of the living lies somehow because a little girl likes to tell stories. And, you know, every, everywhere in the land that they're in, everyone's a bunch of liars. And it starts to show how the judges and the prosecutors and everyone involved, it's all a lie. There's, 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 a, there's a joke on there from um, Donald Trump <coughs> makes a joke about a silver pardon. And everyone's laughing, ha, 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 because we don't know any better. I, you know, like there's content on my website that you can click through, you can poke through, you can watch these videos, you can take down notes. I mean, I don't know, I don't know what else to, to give everyone. I don't know. Maybe, you know, more of these talks with other tidbits and so on and so forth. In the slides, it shows that there's two sides of the Social Security, and I linked all the stuff in with the Bible because the Bible is an instruction manual. That's what it is. 
And I think that's what a lot of people have a difficult time with because their their beliefs are in a different um, area that comes down to, to, to these books. I even go in to show that this stuff is, it, it started, I think, 14,000-something A.D. or 1,200 A.D. or B.C. or some, something crazy like that, performance bonds and all this other stuff that they've been doing to us. They have been recycling the same system. These people don't really change direction. They'll change the face of it. You know what I'm saying? They might put a little bit of mascara on it, sprinkle some perfume on it, but for the most part, it doesn't change. It remains the same. Everything is still the same. It went, whether it was Egypt, whether it was Rome, whether it was France, it's all the same. It is still the same system. It can be slavery or it can be freedom. Pick a side. We even go into the two sides. The, side, even, the, the, the book itself has the Old Testament, which is the old covenant that enslaved everyone, and the New Testament, the new covenant that freed everyone. Two sides of the coin. Let me say something to the that was just talking. You there, sir? Hello? Uh, the gentleman who was asking a question, are you there? Yeah, the one that was talking about the Civil War. Still there? I don't know if he's still there or not. Is anyone there? (laughs) (laughs) Is it just me and you? (laughs) Hey, Trial? I'm here. Um, I'm going to send you something... In an instant message, I want you to read it. Don't give it to nobody. You know I might give it to somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, do send it. Now, listen, you know, like, we use our Bible here to help to help everybody decipher the codes, right? And everybody hates our guts, and they hate what we're doing. But you know what? So far, you know, it's made more sense using that Bible, people, and that, you know what? And all we do is match it up with the current laws, right? Um, yeah, we it's matched up with the current laws. Um, you know, we still have a ways to go with the other agencies, but we're, we're like, right now, now we know I got to go and look for a new dent from the Census Bureau. Then we got to go to, um, you know, Fisco Bureau. But, um you need to you need to go out there and purchase Trial's webinar if you want to watch her show you the documents. And I'm going to tell you why. I don't even want to say what the documents are because um, every time we do that, it shuts the door for you. So that's why we make people pay for the webinar. And we also have some really nasty, greedy, evil people that will copy the webinar, they'll tape it, and then they go and try to sell it to you. Oh, that's um, already happening. That's yeah, already happening. Do not buy it from the person selling it to you. If you're not getting it from trial, don't make, don't allow that other person to get away with what they're doing, and be honest. Because I'll tell you what, 
when you're dishonest, I'm gonna, I don't even care if you stole the webinar and you recorded it, right? And, and you know and you're selling it to all your friends, I bet you this much, you're not going to get anywhere because you're doing things from thievery. People who do things in good faith, they get good results. People who do bad things in, in, in bad faith, it, listen, it always falls horrible for them. Um, and you should disassociate with yourselves with these people because we're going to stop doing this one day because it just keeps happening over and over. People record the webinars and try to sell them for $100, $200. Um, she only charges $65 for the webinar. She walks you through it. She tells you what forms to use. Be grateful, people, because this helps put funding until we're done. Until we're done. You heard that, people. So, um, oh, yeah, and I wanted to – let me see if I found that um, – I found the Red Cross. Um, it was saying something here about the civilians. Um, you guys go ahead. I'm going to look it up here. Um, Southern, you didn't have another document that you wanted to tell people about. Um, oh, you know what I wanted to pull up? And I'm going to call this person because they have a question. Um, Alan from California has a question, and I'm going to make him leave it at one question. But if you look up Title One, he gave this to me yesterday. I've seen it before many times, but um, he pulled up Title One, Section One, that talks about us being having a live birth, and um, yeah. oh yeah. Let me see, Title I. Is, is this something that we can search or is this in the PDF? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking it up right now here because um, he gave it to me, um, Section 2B. I just had it a minute ago. I don't even know where the heck I put it at. Um, I was just reading it, as a matter of fact, and now I don't. Everything's gone wrong for us today. Like where it comes to us helping people and putting it out, um, for some reason, it will, uh, like you see it's not recording right and all this other stuff that goes on when we do our shows. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Remember, hey, you remember the two, the two times we tried to do the Money, the money Doc show? Uh, yeah. And it, and it wouldn't work? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. It wouldn't, right? Every time we did, oh, that we even had to. Um, as a matter of fact, that call didn't even count because of what happened. It didn't um, pull anything up. Um, Title one. Hold on here. Now it's asking me for a donation too. <laughs> um, hold on here. It's in here. Title one, section two. Let me see. Where's section two? Um, Oh, now look at this. In determining the meaning of any act of Congress, unless the context indicates otherwise, the words insane and insane person shall include every idiot, every insane person is non compos mentis. Okay? I think you want Section 8. Section 8? 
Hold on here. Let me go back in here. No, it was, I thought it was, um, let me see if it's Section 8 here. Yeah, yeah, here it is. About person, human being, child, infant, born alive. Is that the section you're talking about? Right. See, listen, the way, thank you, I got it now. It's um, 1 U.S. Code 8. Person, human being, child, and individual as including born alive infant. So um, you should write this down, too, because when someone tells you that you're dead, um, you, you answer back and say, you are right. At one point, I may have been dead, but right now I'm alive. And that point is now. You know, like from here here and after, I shall be deemed as alive, nunk pro tunk, because I was never dead. There's, I was just missing. You know, like as used in this section, the term born alive with respect to a member of the species, homo sapiens, means a complete expulsion or extraction from his or her uh, mother of that member at any stage of development who after such expulsion or extraction breathes or has a beating heart, pulsation of the umbilical cord, or definite movement of voluntary muscles regardless of whether the umbilical cord has been cut and regardless of whether the expulsion or extraction occurs as a result of natural or induced labor, cesarean section, or induced abortion. Um, and it, you know, it's, yes, go if ahead. You look, if you look, this is under federal guidelines, of course, but if you look in your probably your state statutes, it should be under birth product, and it will have the similar language to it. But you got to understand the term person. A person is a fiction. A human being was actually coined in about the 14th century by Pope Innocent IV that basically separated free men from a human being, which a human being fell under the laws of property, and a free man fell under uh, the laws of men, which was different, completely different. And the term individual is actually under the uh, Administrative Procedure Act as a citizen of the United States. Yeah, baby. 5 U.S.C. 5 yeah, U.S.C. Uh, what about live born? That, that's not a fiction, is it? Wait a minute. Who said Wait a minute. Wait a minute, hold on. Who is the guy that's talking right now? Yeah, who's the guy that just dropped all those gems on the definition? It's me, Darren. Oh, Thank okay. You. Hi, Darren. Thanks. Hi, Darren. Hi, Darren. Hi. Well, the thing you could look at the just, just to... No, I'm not going to look into okay. it. I'm going to go harass you tomorrow when I call you. <laughs> okay. okay. No, but... Well, well, the guy the game is tough. Okay. I'll, what... What about the live born? Is that, that a live born is not is not a fiction, is it? Well, well, wait a minute. If well, it all depends. The, just like the answer to any legal question is, it depends. Depends is what was born. There could be, or is it referring to born being an adjective of birth? Because uh, you could have a birth of anything. And this is well, where, if you go back into the like into the section B under 1 uh, USC 8, 
and it talks about, especially in your state statutes, which I found in New York, it talked about a birth product. So are they registering a birth product since it was still attached to the mother and it had a, a beating pulse to it? Was that what they were actually registering? Um, please, please, you're not talking about the afterbirth stuff, are you? You're not no, referring to I, that, are you? Let me clear this up right now because we're not even going to go into an afterbirth. I'm going to tell you exactly what the birth product was, okay? Birth, yeah, the birth product that they created was an entity. You're being referred to as an entity because they never recorded you as being born. Okay, they recorded a product, and that product is that title that you're holding in your hand in that paper. That is the product that they created, right, and they gave it to you so they can control you, and that's all it is. And don't look at it as nothing else. When you were 18, you abandoned that product, or when you were 7, according to the Vital Stats Manual, which... We will go over in the next call because we're not going to stop the calls now. We're going to be doing them every Thursday. I'll go over the Vital Stats Manual so you can take the vocabulary of that manual and apply it to that manual. The reason why I'm telling you to take notes for each manual so that you use the right verbiage when you're speaking to that agency. And under that agency, there's two deaths under the Vital Statistics Manual. One was classified as an infant death at birth, and you know what the other one was called? The disappearance of life. And if you go into the section in um, the Vital Stats Manual, the disappearance of life is when after seven years they lose track of you, now you've disappeared so you're dead. Yes. You're not really dead. Of 1666, the Septic AD Act. Yeah, and, and talk Social, exactly Security. Social Security has in their manual where it says that they are the ones responsible for listing you as dead, and only they can undo it. That's right. So when they're saying you're dead, they don't mean physically dead people. You're holding a product created at birth. It's in your hand. It's called a birth certificate. You got to do something now with yourself because I've already confirmed to you. And as the Heavenly Father, as my witness, I've already told you many times that vital stats, the vital statistics registrar, the hospital, and the Department of Intellectuals Management that stole your name, they told me they never recorded you and I as being born. I have a friend that won a $15 million lawsuit about eight months ago. And she laughs because the judge laughed. And he, I mean, she wasn't really laughing when she walked out, but she said that the, she won the award, but the judge said, yeah, but she doesn't exist. And he laughed. Yep. Okay. You're going to find a file number there. That's where you are. You're in that file. So there was can, I, can, I, can I say something that I had an experience with uh, back in January? 
is uh-huh. I actually had a conversation with the Secretary of State under the uh, Division of Corporations, and I was referring to a registered document. I didn't come out and say a birth certificate right off the bat. I just kept hinting around to it, hinting around mm-hmm. to it, and then later it came out. I said, what I'm actually looking for is the birth certificate registration. And he says, oh, that. He goes, yeah, the birth certificate registration is created when forming a business. This is what he told me. Now, another significant thing, and I'm, sure, right. and I'm sure people have seen it on the Federal Judiciary Center, uh, the show in 2001, where now you've got to understand that center is under, listed under Title 28, and it specifically what they do is that they tell the courts, they tell the bar associations, they tell the judges, and they even tell Congress, this is what the law means. And in their show, which was uh, their well-known training authority of law, but what I found very interesting is, is what was specifically said about an hour in, where uh, they had a law professor, uh, Linda Rush, from, I think, uh, University of Wisconsin or Minnesota, but she said, getting the correct legal name of the registered organization, which is another term, which means a registered organization is an organization where the state maintains a public record of the organization's name or must maintain a public record of the organization's name showing that it existed. And right then is when Bruce, federal judge Bruce Martell, bankruptcy district of Nevada, stepped in. He says it's when the state issues a birth certificate. And then that's where uh, attorney Ed Smith came in and said the state has to maintain a record showing the organization exists. And then Professor Russ came in and said the registered organization should use the name that's on those organizational documents, which was referring back to what Terrell said earlier. Uh, yeah. or She-Wolf was, don't use that name that's on the certificate. The upper and you, corner, the upper there was corner only, it's a business trust. Yes, what it, and it's not your it, name. Listen to this, people, because Triala is going to take over in a minute. That isn't your name. That well, is your business. It's your corporate. It's your uh, intellectual property, but that's well, not, not your name. Your name is first name only, and I know this because a judge told me. Well, not only that, there's supporting case law on that. There's cases in Alabama and New York that basically says you have a single name and all added or last names are discarded. And there was also another thing, you could even see it online, it's on the online Legal Dictionary Edition 2, where it talks about a vital record, and the definition is a document or record or file in any format with information essential, necessary to create and organize operations and survival of an organization. Funny how they never mention anything as far as a child or infant. They talk about an organization and the correct terminology is actually a registered unincorporated organization which is found in the IRS code. And you are okay. by default by default. This is what I was told by the clerk. See, people need to listen because you're not going to get this from nobody else. I used to be a former clerk for 18 years, well more than 18, but 18 with the government. Okay? You are by default Okay, by default, you are unincorporated. When you okay, the, CLB, your the, CLB, the, 
the COLB and the BC, the long form and short form, is the legal title, right? Yes, and you are un, that's an unincorporated legal title until you, you. The reason why you have to go back to the courts is because <laughs> the United States did this to you. Okay, so you okay, got to where, is the lawful, where, is, where is the lawful title? Who has the lawful title? The certificate the title is the equitable title. You mean the equitable yeah. title? That's held by the registrar who sealed you and gave you that real um, the the legal title. They are the issuers. They are the originators, and they are holding what the original documents. You are only holding what a certified copy. Okay, so right, they're holding okay. the legal but, title and they're holding the lawful, the, the, the uh, equitable or the lawful title, right? Yeah, so you got you to gotta go back. Look, the court probate, the United States, the governor, and the attorney general, they're the ones that did this to you, okay? Who told me this? The local congressman told me, we didn't do this to you. The United States did. And I said, no, I need you to be more specific. Don't come with this United States mumbo-jumbo. Who did this to us? And he said, you have to go back and talk to the attorney general or where your papers were created. And who did that? Vital statistics. And I have a decree. And in my decree, it talks about my birth. And the birth was the registration of that name with the address of the organization, right? But, it, but when it talked about me and my brothers, it was in brackets. When they were talking about the living man or, or child, it had our names in proper grammar, first name only, and it was in brackets. Why? They had to separate our names from the entire, you know, like, you know when you have a document and you're talking about two different beings, right? One is an entity and one is us, right? So what they would do is when they talked about my mom or dad, they put brackets around it. And then um, when they talked about the trust or that organization, it was left in regular format except for the part where they created the name and it says it was created where? At the hospital. It gives um, the hospital's address. This is where it all began. So when you're, when you think that you're dead, which you're only dead on paper, you're not really dead, you're just missing. The mark is dead. Uh-huh. That's what it is. Your mark is dead. The blue certificate <clears throat> is the equitable. Social Security is holding the legal title in adverse possession. If you look at the numerate, okay, and again, I think this might be in the slide. I know it's definitely in the webinar. And I break it down in the webinar, and it says that they're the ones who have legal custody. They have legal, you have equitable when you go and get that name. Which is a beneficial interest. You could even see that in UCC 9-313. And it's also cited in the uh, Sestic, Sestic V Act of 1666, yeah. Section yeah. 4, that says any action commenced for the recovery of such tenements by the lessors or the revisioners. Right. The ones who revise it or, or, the, or the lessees or whatever you want to call it. But, yeah. So, yeah. These, these Let me go. Excuse me. They divided them. Divided 
we fall. United we stand, divided we fall. So when right. I did conveyance out of Social Security, everything got sent over to the county. My name reversed on the record, and it says managed, okay? So the name change decree has been managed at this point, and it's sitting there. Now, when I get documents, when I get papers, all of my papers, they say my full name, okay, the, the legal name. It says payee on it. And then under the state, the city and state, it says United States on my document. So what you have to, like I said, you, they hold they hold legal. You have equitable. You have to collide the two. Boom. Hallelujah. And you're back in the United States where you're supposed to be. And, and the United okay, States uh, a voluntary. I have a document that shows that the jail that I was in, it shows that they're listed, the Butte County Jail is listed as the primary payer. Um, so that would make me the primary pay, payee, correct? It would make you the payee when all of your documents are appropriately established, yes. Yeah, but right now okay. you're not the payee because you don't have your documents appropriately established. That's right. They're okay, there. So who, okay. okay, well, who is who's the payee then? Since they're, they're listed as the primary payer, who's the primary payee right now? The primary payee should be the people getting paid to provide you a service. It's the institution. The Social Security Commissioner pays the institution. Now, here's the problem. If you went to prison, then you probably had an attorney. And if you had an attorney, everything got rerouted to that agent. Yes. you You gave him power of attorney, and he sold you out. Yes. Oh, yeah, I, I, understand, I understand all that. Okay. Um, but oh, yeah. there's, there's been injuries and stuff, and I got a valid claim on the table. Anyway, it's a big, long story. Uh, mm-hmm. But here's the thing, though. Um, here's the question I have. Okay, once you do the name change, you get the decree, you do all the stuff, you jump through all the hoops, you know, the, the conveyance through SSA and all that stuff. Um, then what, what does anybody know? Is, is there going to be, like, a white card provided? With uh, with our unlimited credit or or what you know, does anybody know what the uh, final outcome will be of all that? Let Let me answer your question because you know what I've I've already told you this before in a private conversation. Um, let me ask you something. Who is the one that's broke and bankrupt? Well, allegedly the corporation, but it seems like they're flourishing pretty well. Okay, so let me ask you this. Who do you think is creating the money? <laughs> what money? There is no money. What money are you talking about? Well, yes, wait a minute. You did not just um, pay a bill because you uh, the government has money and they gave it to you to pay your life bill, right? What do you mean? Where are you going with it? What I'm going is the government doesn't have money. They're bankrupt. Remember they filed for bankruptcy? Yeah, allegedly, but boy, they sure seem to be flourishing pretty good. Okay, okay. go ahead. Now, wait a minute. If they don't have any money, then who do you think's creating the money when you go to court or when you have a traffic ticket or when you have something where you have to go to court 
we're creating the money, aren't we, so that they can live without us? Right, right. We we're the gold. Pay. Yeah, we're the gold. Yeah, I get. I, yeah, I get that. I get all that. Okay. okay so but what my question though is, when we do all this stuff, when we jump through all these hoops and do all this stuff, what is going to be provided for us? Does anybody well, know? Wait a minute. Why? Why would you think? This is my whole point here, people. Why would you think that they're going to provide something for you? They do. You're the one who's providing for them with your signature, right? Those are all the accounts that that go into the minor account. That's right. You have accounts, but later on, you know, once we get all the way up to the Bureau of Fiscal Services, and you got to call back all the minor accounts that you created. Remember the movie The Matrix? And they had to kill who, people? Agent Smith. Because Agent Smith was just out of control. And then once you reset, you, you know, the global reset, something that we haven't even finished yet because everybody keeps talking about what are we going to get out of it. Well, let me just put it this way. Um, okay, as you're well, you're well aware that um, I've been cut off my benefits three different times already. Yeah. And I'm cut off now, right? So, mm-hmm. so uh, I, I guess I don't really have anything to lose. Um, but you might, you might evidently have something to gain because it, listen to this. Let me tell you something. Would they be trying so hard to keep you from reaching the national treasure? And you know we have a treasury. We have a reg- You even have two treasuries, okay? One is public and one is private. And I'm going to tell you something. If you don't start getting your crap together, you're not going to have a treasury because if you looked at the $100 bill, if you notice... Um, Oh, my goodness. Let me pull up this $100 bill, and I'm going to tell you what I saw about the Treasury. I think it's on its last leg. There's a little cornerstone, and I need someone to blow it up. I had this lady. She explained what it meant. It meant that our government system was going to fall real soon. She blew it up, and she was able to read it, and it said that the people were going to take back the country. And um, I need to find that video so I can put it to you guys to read it. She's an expert at reading the money. She's been doing this for years. And um, in that little cornerstone, it said something about we were going to take, we were going to conquer this treasury, this government problem. And you know what? The government is actually right now getting ready to slam on all the corporations and try to dissolve them so they can finish stealing the land from everybody. So we, we, those of us in this talk show today, we've got some work to do. Um, Hold on one second. Let me see if I can find $100 bill. Um, It it shows here. Let me see. Let me blow one up here. Um, The new $100 bill has... um, Federal Reserve note, and listen to this. The Secretary of Treasury, oh, my God, what happened here? I wanted to read it to you. Hold on here. Um, It says Secretary of the Treasury, Timothy Geithner, 
and treasurer of the United States, and it has, a, you know, the new person's name on there. But people, I'm unfortunately to tell you that both of their names now are on the left-hand side of that $100 bill. And if I was able to blow up this cornerstone, um, you remembered how a long time ago they tried to put the cornerstone over there in that little Stonehenge over there in Georgia? And then they took it back down? Do you guys remember that? Are you talking about the Georgia Guidestones? I'm sorry, yes. The Georgia Guidestones, do you remember that they... um, they put a little been there. I've, been, I've been to the Georgia, I've been to the Georgia Guidestone. So, um, what what are you talking about? Okay, you remember? I think it was in 2012 or 2013. They put the cornerstone um, on the Georgia Guidestone. Okay, you remember that? Uh, that's probably about the year I was there. Okay. Um, no, but my question whole thing. I took pictures of it and everything. Uh, and right down the road just happened to be a, a Masonic Lodge. Okay. So, no, but my question know, to you is, did you see them? They put, somebody went and put the cornerstone on the Georgia Guidestone. I'm going to show you, um, see if I have pictures of it all, and I'll send them to you. Okay, see, you didn't have it. Well, this little cornerstone, (laughs) they didn't tell us what it meant, but they did put the cornerstone on the Georgia Guidestone. And then I guess whatever they were trying to do, um, it didn't work, and they they smashed it, okay? Um, You need to look at the right-hand corner of the $100 bill. You're going to see a little square there. Well, if you, I'm going to find you this video. She tells you what it says because she, this is what she does for a living. She reads this money, and it said something in here that the people, we the people, were going to come back and take back our treasury. Quiet. If you also look at the $100 bill where it says 100 you know the second circle? I need someone to blow that up for me because I don't have good vision no more. There's something inside that circle. So that's very interesting. I'm always interested in the currency because the currency tells you things. And if you look at the $100 bill, um, if you look at um, the blue ribbon, right? It's under, um, it says on there, they have the U covered up, the N, and the O on uh, United States of America. And that means uno, and that means the word one, okay? We are, listen, we are supposed to be, and I'm going to say it again, one nation under God, indivisible, okay? Not individual indivisible because we were all supposed to be one, one people, one planet, one earth. And you see, they're trying to do it now, but it ain't, it ain't working because they did so much to divide everybody by color, class, race, um, uh, killing off 
one color so they can bring in another color. Um, everybody thinks they're the superior race. Well, now they're trying to do this one nation under God indivisible, and it ain't working. All you see is people warring with each other. So um, now you take over. Sayo? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, you want to take over? and, and Hold on a second. I'm going to go to the chat room to see if anybody has any questions because we don't like to leave with anybody not having, um, let me see. Uh, well, well, what I was going to say to the gentleman who was asking the question about, you know, what, what you get out of it at the end, um, when you get to where you're trying to get to, you are able to discharge anything to purchase anything with $1. Right. And that came directly out of the mouth of um, Social Security. <clears throat> I had a. Um, you're not lying either. No, I'm not, and it's it's actually in there. It's it's in the slides. It's in their rules. Um, it's under the United States rules. How you know, regardless of what condition they're in, they are um, the debts of the United States need to be paid. And I was talking to one of my girlfriends earlier, and she was telling me that she knew someone. And she was trying to figure out how she and her family um, somehow managed to continue to live well, that children are living well, and um, they work for the local municipalities. And she was doing some poking around, and I got a screenshot. The same woman that she was talking about, she paid for her house. It was roughly $800,000, and she purchased it for a dollar. And I said, that's absolutely correct. She's in the United States. Yes, and I cannot have 10 people talking over each other, but she is correct. I'm going to tell you another story. Because I am a civilian of the United States, you know, and, and I know this. I didn't know why, but you know when they gave out the FEMA trailers? When, you know, when they had Hurricane Andrew... FEMA came and one day, and I had a little trailer and I had my little five children. And they came to my trailer and told me, would you like to keep this trailer? And I told her, no, I don't want the trailer because it's too small and we don't fit in here. Me and my family, it's just too small for me and five children. So about a week later, they moved me into a brand new mobile home. Um, a three-bedroom, two-bath, okay? So you know what happened? They waited a whole year again. They came back to me, and they said, ma'am, you qualify for this mobile home. Do you want it? And I said, no, you know what? I'm thinking about getting an apartment. She says, we're giving you this mobile home for a dollar. <laughs> yeah, she did. I, it was in Naranjo, Florida, and um, Southern knows about Andrew. And I said, um, a dollar? She goes, yeah, give me a dollar, and you, and I'll give you the title to the mobile home. Okay. So this dollar thing she will, does. Okay, I've go ahead. i got a question for, for you and Tyrell. There's a friend of what? mine that follows David Clarence, you know, his system. And they're saying, that side of the those guys are saying, that if we use any Federal Reserve notes, that drags us back under their jurisdiction. Okay, yeah. I don't. That may be a fact before you do the name change. So the question is, 
after we do the name change, we can do Federal Reserve notes and it not drag us ever back into their jurisdiction or have we not, you know, in other words, we got to use something else, you know, like our own money order to discharge debt, maybe when... But a silver dollar. Yeah, yeah, right, a silver dollar or something like that instead of the Federal Reserve. But did you know that, um, and Ken Hamill, he posted this for me, the dollar is the only currency in paper that is the highest value of all the currencies is the dollar. There's a few things and with the dollar. The authentication itself is considered a dollar. Um, you can also get a silver dollar. Um, and again, we talk about dollar and discharging dollars in the webinar. And there's also a PDF. I'm actually getting ready to, if my computer will do what I need to do, I'm going to put it up on my website. It's called the silver dollar. And it's a publication, I think, from 1881. And it talks about the dollar. Um, there's a couple of quotations that I used in the webinar, and one of them was from a judge. And the judge flat out says, hey, um, you know, any learned man knows that a dollar can discharge, a silver dollar can discharge anything. Okay, this is my, this is my take on this. Uh, if we take control of the equitable title and the legal title, um, we should be able to use anything we want as far as currency. Yes, because we be never, wait a minute, I'm going to tell you why. You're going to be, when you hold legal and equitable, because I learned this through um, Eric John Phelps, when you take legal and equitable title control, you can use the currency. You're able to use legal currency and lawful currency. Why? Because you, you per se, your jurisdiction has changed and now you are back in the United States. The way you are right now, you are red flagged and you are an enemy of the state. So no matter right. what currency you use, um, they don't care. It just gets recirculated. But when you use, when you change your jurisdiction, you become lawful and legal, you can use that dollar, um, which is... Yeah, the so you can so use the silver dollar or the Federal Reserve dollar, either one. Yeah, the dollar only. And you will notice, too, that the dollar is the only one that is marked by the bank where it came from. The rest of the currencies don't have that on them. The derivatives. Yeah, and David Clarence says that the the Federal Reserve note dollar is backed by like silver or something. There's something of value mm -hmm. that it's actually mm -hmm. backed. That's why it's got the highest value of any of the Federal Reserve notes. Well, yes, I, uh, you might have to read if you read into the the uh, the U.S. Treasury under legal status. It talks exactly yeah. about Federal Reserve notes is that they are a first lien position of the Federal Reserve Bank. You're basically paying a debt with a lien. You're just putting a lien against the debt. It's, you're really not doing anything. You might be, you're not extinguishing it. You might be discharging it. See Stanek v. White, Minnesota Supreme Court. But it's not going away. But with a regular dollar, I'd say a silver dollar, you would be doing that because that's mm -hmm. 
recognized under the U.S. Constitution, Article One, Section Ten. But I wait a minute, wait a minute. I read somewhere. God, I'm gonna have to go back and pull. I read something. I don't know if it was from the Treasury or where, but it said that because. You know how the silver dollars now, they're like $47 or $50 for the silver dollar. They said that the currency, the $1 bill, shall be the same as that silver dollar. And i got to find it for you because it was in a legitimate place. And you know that they have taken those silver dollars and they've really jacked up the price on them. But they did write a law that allowed that dollar to have the same uh, effect and strength, it says, and value of the silver coin dollar. I'm going to find that for you because that's important. We don't have easy access anymore. Um, I was reading, I think, something. I was looking for silver certificates. And um, I wanted to buy some so I can put that to discharge because I couldn't find any silver dollars for a dollar. They want like 50 to 150 for a silver dollar. Well, you and know, they issued those silver certificates. The what? John F. Kennedy issued those silver certi- you know, certificates, you know, yeah. one of the things he did. I'm so, so mad at myself. My dad would give me one every week. Every yeah, uh, week. He would give me one at payday. And I must have had a hundred silver dollars. And uh-huh. one day my dad went drinking, and he said, "I need to borrow some money." And he went into my silver dollars and took them all back. But I'm a, I can't do nothing about it now. But um, she wolf, do we need to set up the general post also, or once we get both sides of the titles, we won't have to worry where we're domiciled. Um, yeah, I think you do, but that that would be a later step, right, Trail? I think that you should update your address at the post office, and what I and what I think you should do is um, they'll give you an, an address update. You can put the previous address on the the address that's on the certificate of life birth, and then update it to wherever you're at now or a PO box. And my my thinking would be to put it in as a business because it's a business trust, that the trust is active. Right. So it's either or active. And, and I put something up on my wall a while ago about um, Donald Trump and the TESS database. The TESS is a federal trademark database, T-E-S-S. And if you go on in there and do a search and you look up Donald Trump, you're going to find that his mark, because it's a trademark, your name is uh, a mark. You'll get a whole list of all of his marks, and some of them say live, and some of them say dead, depending on which one he's using. So every time he goes to another state, or, or you know, uh, you know, it might say Trump for president, or it might say um, he's got an interesting one, Trump signature collection. I thought that was great, and some of them will say live, and some of them, some of them will say dead. And it says it right there on there. So. When you activate your your name in the court in probate, it's a living trust or it's a living market, it's a living entity, business, whatever you want to call it. It's technically it's a business trust, and it is called you. It's called E W E. It's not Y O U. So when they give it to you and they say this is your name, they're saying Y O R E, not Y O U R. Okay, they speak. Old English, I consider it to be broken English, 
because I had a clerk tell me, I have a certificate, and she says, she says, you are the surety. And she was talking about the certificate saying, hey, you can use this to discharge everything. And I said, wait a minute, you mean you is the surety? You're speaking broken English because what you're doing is you're making, you're, you're coming across so that I believe that my physical body, my physical me standing here is the one responsible. But what you're saying is that this certificate here is the surety. So it's you, you is the surety, not you are the surety. So or you it um, this way too. The lamb is the surety. L a m b u e w e. Well, you could just say the lamb of God or the lamb of our heavenly Father is the surety. That birth certificate is the surety. Okay, right. that birth certificate right now. Where is it living at? It's you know, I mean, the business of the birth certificate. It is just at, at vital statistics right now. Once is, we get um, control uh, of it, it's our it business, and then it, needs to, then it needs to live at the post office where we want to put it. Is that what you're saying? Well, you, you want to update your records with them. Remember, the, searches, the, the post office is considered Solomon. Now, I haven't gone too heavily into Solomon or, you know, his role in the Bible whatsoever, but the postmaster, you know, we were talking one day, and he's got this little smirk on his face. He goes, well, you know, I'm like Solomon. And I'm like, okay, the postmaster Solomon got it. You know what I mean? You know, but I went on about my adventures and never kind of went back and investigated. There is a post office that they recently built in one of the towns here in Massachusetts. And um, I, don't, I probably have to go back and take another picture of it. But in the actual structure, in the pillars of the building, there are huge letter T's going all the way around the building. So I would update that. P.S. and Peter? I'm sorry? You're saying P.S. and Peter? P.S. and Tom. P.S. and Treasurer. Okay. Yeah. Anybody else have a question? Hold on. Let me see if anybody has a question because a lot of people... Hey, she will. I have a question for uh, Southern. Southern, are you? Yeah, I'm here. Southern, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, at the beginning of the call, you were talking about a, a code that you came across. Uh, that says that that the driver's license uh, applies to. Uh, strictly military, right? No, no. We were in, the guy was in a court case down here, okay? And when he pulled out the uh, Army Regulations 190-5, all right, the prosecuting attorney said that only applies to military. Right, because if you're in the military, it only applies to the military, and... Okay, uh, the prosecutor said that, that the driver's license only applies to military. Is that what you said? No, no, he said that book only applied to the military. That's correct. That is their manual. It is copyrighted to the military, so it doesn't apply to you because you're not, uh, you're not a member of that society. Because I just found something today. Um, I was watching this video and I and I down I kept it because 
the guy, he was teaching that people automatically assume that the law applies to you, but it doesn't because he was saying that each agency has their own manual and right. that manual is for the for the agency to be able to conduct their duties. That's why the military manual only applies to those of that establishment. And that you're okay. not supposed to construe that to mean you. Okay, what was the driver's license issue about? Because you mentioned the driver's license. What that, was that about? What I was saying is that when you get pulled over... Like, I didn't give the police officer a driver's license. He said license, registration, and insurance. So I said, why did you pull me over? And he said, you know, he's looking at my car. He goes, he taps on my window, and he said, your registration expired six months ago. And I said, I shall renew it. He goes, oh, I know that trick. Shall, should have, could have, and would have. He says, I know you're saying that at one point you will renew it, but it isn't going to be today. So he goes, I need to see your license, okay, and your registration paper that you do have and your insurance. So you know what I was saying to him? I said, oh, you know what? I don't have a license, but I have a passport. And he looks at me and he goes, no, I don't like passports. And I said, why? He goes, because it doesn't tell me where you live. And I said, I live right here. He goes, where, in the car? And I go, no, right here inside this body. He goes, oh, you want to get wise with me, huh? He goes, um, you're under arrest. <laughs> so, because I didn't, you know what? I was so confident that I thought I had my passport, and I didn't. But when I went, um, when the, my decree and my passport was brought in, I was released from the jail, and I couldn't sign the papers because I had a decree. And so she says, we're going to have to sign you out. I guess they called the judge and said, you know, this lady has a decree and a passport, and I couldn't be charged now for driving without a license because why? If you're holding a passport, your defense is, I have a passport, and this is for my rights to travel. If you yeah, give okay, them, them a wait a minute. If uh, you give them a driver's license, because, uh, I thought he said that 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 the driver's license was only for military. Okay, let, let, let me let me phrase it like this. Okay, you're if you're in a state, you're in a state militia. To travel on the roads, operate a vehicle inside a military district, which is what your state is. I don't care what state you're in. According to the manual, you need a license to operate, not travel. Listen carefully. Operate a motor vehicle on that, on that road. So remember, you, you as the military, and this is why these right-to-travel people can't get through their head, are supposed to protect the civilians. So you have to have a driver's license. Now, she will, being a civilian, she don't have to have a driver's license. She's already established herself as a civilian, and like and trial. Well, I established myself as a civilian on the long on the long side of the road when I got pulled over last December. I told the sergeant that came out to the side of the road that that I'm not in his military. I'm a private civilian, and I'm exempt. <laughs> 
Do you have a license? Yeah. Did you show it to him? Yeah. And I didn't see no tickets. You guys are missing something, though. You guys are missing the premise. Is the license connected to your Social Security number? What? Is the license connected to your Social Security number? Probably, yeah. but he, he ran everything, and he came back. When he, when he came back, he told me to have a, have a nice night. Shook my hand, and, and I shook his hand and said, no hard feelings, and have a good night, have a good Christmas, and everything else. Nice. Okay? Mm-hmm. So it was, all, it was all peaceful stuff. At, I mean, at the end, in the beginning, it wasn't so peaceful, okay, because he come out there trying to order me out of the vehicle and everything. I but do you realize, but did you do you realize is that typically even a even a, a regular traffic stop falls under what's known as a custodial arrest and the okay. thing is the officer is required to read you the Miranda rights because it applies uh, where what they're trying to apply is criminal penalties under uh, uh transportation code and the right. thing is is that you, the thing is, you don't have to provide them with anything until there has been an acknowledgement of some crime has been committed and anything that you say and can be used against you in a court of law, including a verbal accusation. Wait a minute. The only reason I gave him the DL because we made a deal. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You cannot. Wait a minute. Every time we let you in here, Alan, we're not going to engage in all this argument stuff because it happens every single time. Yes, you And you've already said what happened. And No, I didn't finish. No, I didn't finish. Okay, finish your song. Okay, um, so here's the thing. The guy, the, uh, um, he said, okay, uh, we'll make a deal. Because I, I said, I need your business card. He wanted my driver's license. I said, I need your business card. He said, I don't have a business card. I said, yeah, you do. He said, nope, I don't have one. I said, yes, you do, and you're required to give it to me. Yes, you do. And you know what he said? He kept saying he didn't have one, and he's not required to give it to me. Okay? I said, you're not getting this sale until I get the business card. Simple as that. Right? And so, okay. Okay. Make so long story short, never Okay. Make your long story short. Let me throw something in here. Wait a minute. Let me finish. Can I Let's finish, finish the story. I'm just what I'm doing, man. And so he said, he said, um, I do, and I'm not required to give you one. And I said, okay, well, then you're not getting the deal. Simple as that. Well, to make a long story, never is. Um, guess what? At the end, I got his business card. Okay? I got his business card, and then he got the driver's license. That was the deal we made. But in, I said, hey, sorry, if you're not, if you didn't have a business card and you're not required to give it to me, why do you have it? Why did you give it to me? He goes, well, I really don't have to. 
That's what he said. I said, yes, yes, you do. That's why he gave it to me. Okay? Cool. Okay, but you know, okay, so you're done with your story, and to make a long story short, I'm going to go ahead and terminate it. Okay. I, I want him to tell his story, but you know what? He's right, because the officer is really out there soliciting business funds for his municipality so that they can feed their families, but he still got lucky because they don't have to really comply with your orders. Like like um, uh, Leon said, uh, I don't even know if I'm saying your name right, so forgive me, but um, what DeLeon said was, you know, everything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. Your best bet is not talking to them. Um, okay, wait a minute. Somebody else has a question, and I need to really let them ask their question. As above, so below, can you please ask your question? Sure. Thank you very much. I wanted to thank Triel for uh, <clears throat> all that she's, you know, given as well as you, she will, for all the mm-hmm. information. I hope I hope not to be interrupted by uh, the few folks on here that wish to disrupt. Uh, it seems like every time a, a major point is made. It seems like a few fellows like to disrupt and come in with their stories. But I want to thank Sarah. I was being followed by the police a few weeks ago, and I haven't had an updated license since June. It's out of state, and my brake lights weren't working. This policeman followed me for a few miles and uh, didn't call me over. And I did already get the decree and have sent a few executive letters or executive letters out, um, try to establish the general post office locally, and I had some difficulty with that. But um, it's, it's actually been twice now that I've been followed by the police and have not been pulled over even though my plates are expired out of state and my brakes aren't working. So I wanted to thank for brake lights. Excuse me. I wanted to thank Tyrell for that. It's been nice not to have to deal with those folks. That's why you have a name change and you're already in the system as a civilian and a living man. And you just got to finish the rest of the steps as we go along here. I mean, like, we're really trying to crack codes for the other ones, like, you know, the minor accounts and everything. And that's why we tell you guys, Whenever Trial does the webinar, you guys need to get in there because she shows you what documents are going to be used. And when I do the show, I just come in here to confirm what she's saying or I will get information for you guys from the manual when you need evidence of what we're talking about because me and her, we converse very often. She'll say, look, I found this in the Bible. And we'll both go into the laws that were of today, and we connect that to the current laws. And then we come back and do the shows again to show you, hey, you got to go do this and that. But yeah. there could well, come sure. a time that they have done all three. I've already, I've already listened to all three webinars, and I've yeah. got to do the app. And I, I do appreciate your tag teaming. With How did you, you, like, How did you um, like the third webinar? Did you like it? 
Yeah, and I wanted to give just a little bit of constructive criticism. Um, I really learned a lot from them all, but what would really help is um, if you guys can administrate, you know, I mean, the, the interrupting, again, it just kind of gets a little weary, you know, when you pay for the webinar, you want it to be as clear as possible, and when there's people arguing from every angle and there's no control over it, it just gets a little irritating to try to decipher what points are trying to be made when there's multiple people talking. It's very difficult to understand them. So it, either some editing could be done before it's posted would really help um, if that's possible. But uh, other than that, you know, I think they're really helpful. And um, all, I'm waiting on the uh, federal authentication to come in the mail at this point. And uh, I look forward to listening to the acts um, and getting uh, more information from that. And just I, I would love for Legal Deception to have more um, of these talks. You guys used to have them all the time, and now it seems like they're far and few between. If you could well, give a little bit more. Well, let, me, let me just say that we do want to do, we're going to start again, but you know what it is, people? We have to have a break so that we can find the other stuff for you. How Like, we can't do the shows. Remember I told you we're going to go away for a while because we still have to go in and find the other things that are needed. And if we don't get to go into these books or manuals, we would not be able to teach you what we're teaching you today. I, I'm promising you. Some of the manuals are 200 to 300 pages. I don't even know how large the POMS manual is, but I want to thank Susan. Um, Susan, if you're out there, you know what? Thank you, sweet lady, because she is always calling Social Security every day um, asking a million questions, they get mad at you too, and then they won't, they'll stop answering your questions. Um, she's working with Social Security to ensure that when the conveyances are done, that they're going into the account that we're supposed to control. And um, she's also looking into the Treasury. So sometimes it takes us time to come back, but we are back now so that you guys can come in every Thursday at 9 o'clock to ask your questions. I just wanted you to know why we weren't back. We, we're going through like four manuals right now. It's a lot of work, and it's very hard work because, look, we know you guys don't like to read, okay? Don't even try to say anything to us. You people do not like to read, so um, maybe we're bookworms or we just, um, maybe we're the last generation of bookworms, but we're reading. So um, I'm going to unmute you for a minute. Well, in case on, one more question about that syntax grammar from that, uh, win, that, that judge win. What do you guys think about the syntax grammar? I, I spoke with him, and um, this was before I started doing anything. I was calling. I was getting my hands on everyone's phone number, everyone's everything, my my um, my career, and everyone that I wanted to find. So I contacted him, and it just, it you know, everyone that I contacted, for the most part, didn't have what I was looking for. So I went out on my own and, 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 um, did that so he didn't really have what I was looking for but I did want to say a couple things um the act show 
was very much under control when it came down to the people kind of bouncing in and, and all over the place, very much under control. Um, I actually did, I, I think I logged in like the day before and I was playing with all the controls so that I wouldn't have that problem. So that problem has been eliminated. Um, and the Wonderful. other thing is, is, yeah, and then the other thing is, is you know, coming on the air with legal deception stuff, you get, you get exhausted, you know, and then you get people who, who are still what I call on the battlefield. And so those people that hear you and they're on the battlefield, they seek you out and they want to argue with you and they want to fight with you and they want to, you know, get in. I've had people get into my page and start talking shit. And I'm like, you know, here's the thing, okay? I do this because I know that people need it, but I'm going to tell you something. Before I started doing this and, and doing things for the people, I was me, okay? And, and, and a lot of people don't know me before this, and I'm not putting up with it, okay? I'm not putting up with it. I'm not putting up with, with people's nonsense, people's nonsense in my inbox, people's nonsense in my – they get a hold of my, 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 my cell phone number. They want to text me, and they want to start – you know, just being antagonistic and so on and so forth. I can't tell you how many people I've cursed out. And I swear, if, if all the people that I've cursed out got their little screenshots together and put it on the website, I would, I would have a field day laugh at the shit that I've said to these people because you know what? I'm not, here, I'm not here to fight with you. If you want to come knocking on my door and looking for an argument and so on and so forth, and people have done that. They've done that. That's not why I'm here. So, here's, you know what I mean? If, if I'm in a group and you want to sit here and argue with me and run your mouth and this and that and the other thing, you know what? I'd be much better off. Just, I'll, I'll jump, out, jump ship out of the group. I can't tell you how many times, maybe a handful, five, six, seven times I've left legal deception because of people running their mouth. I don't have to do this. I do this because I know that people need it. That's why I do it. I could sit here, keep all the information to myself, and go on about my business and my family and my life, and no one's going to know anything. Or I can sit here and put my ass on the line, and my entire family's behind the line, which I have done, to get the information to bring it to the people, and that's what I've chosen to do. So coming on air, it, you know, being readily available so often, it becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why I'm like, you know, I don't, I'm not going to make myself as available as I was before because people seem to want to continue to fight. Now, having said that, I also know that people are undergoing a lot of trauma, a lot of stress. They're under a lot of panic. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're being beaten down by these people and they have no idea why. So I have an understanding portion to me. But that understanding goes out the window when I have to sit here and look at all the nonsense that, that, that's coming my way, knowing that the intent is to help the people out. So that's one of the reasons why I don't do too much, too many appearances anymore, because of the problems it causes. It just causes problems. And we do have a lot of people. We have 8,500 members in, in legal deception. And we know that the talk shoe doesn't hold that many people. I was looking into Zoom... And, you know, I'm trying to find the pricing, but um, we were thinking about opening up somewhere where we can do um, the chat conversations and stuff for a large group because, listen, people, there's no way. You guys are being really unfair. I'm not saying you, listen, if it's not you, don't even just ignore what I'm saying. But you'll text me 
and you'll say, um, yeah, I want to participate in what you're doing, right? And five minutes later, you're coming in and telling me, I have a legal issue. I'm under foreclosure. They're trying to take my kids. And I'm like, okay, the reason why you said you wanted to talk to me was because you wanted to join legal deception or whatever, whatever, right? Okay, I can't give you one-on-one advice. I'm not a lawyer. I am an advocate, and I am a public administrator, and I was a federal agent. I didn't renew my license this year, and so I am not a federal agent this year, so I could take my time to help you guys. Just like Trial is, like she's telling you, we put our necks in the line. I work for the courts all my life. And in the federal level, I also work for the courts. I'm just as powerful as a lawyer. So I can bust my ass doing what I'm doing for you guys, along with Trial, along with Southern. We do this because there's another side of our nature. We care about you guys. And we care about everything that happens to you, but you guys can't be selfish and come up to us and dump your legal problems on us and tell us, we need help, help me here. We can't do that. I may give you some advice and say, hey, maybe you can try this or that, but I'm not an IRS expert. I know how to do taxes. I was trained in that as well. I know everything about public administration, so I'm telling you the truth when I tell you that you go into the court and you're using the wrong language and that's why they're arresting you and you're giving out the wrong identification, you're giving out a driver's license and they're and you're going into court and saying you have a right to travel with a license? Uh. No, you already gave the officer the license, so you just told him that you are an operator of a motor vehicle. There's there's no way you're going to get around it because when you gave him that license, it was your intent to give it to him. Say nothing more, but work out a deal to try to get it. Oh, yeah, I got to tell you this one. This is so important. I almost forgot about it. Let's say that you have a traffic citation, and you went and gave him the driver's license or whatever, okay? When you work out your deal, okay, with them, you know what you're forgetting to do? You're forgetting to do the biggest thing in the world, and that is you're supposed to, if you cut a deal, let's say that you say, oh, okay, I'm going to give you 100 bucks out of 300. Remember, there is something, and I shouldn't even be telling you this, but I'm telling it to you, and I won't repeat it again. You guys are very lucky on this show that I'm telling you this. There's something called the third option. You're given several options by the court, but there's a third option, and that option is what you bring in. You could say, like, um, they say you're going to pay $500 and two years probation, right? You're going to say, no, I don't think so. How about I give you... $200 $200 and no probation. This is what I'm going to offer you. Take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. You can counter offer them at any time. You can also mm-hmm. count. You can, you can go in with that authenticated certificate and mm-hmm. counter them. 
listen, hold on a second. You're coming in as military trying to, you know, hit me with a couple cannons, but I'm going to counterclaim you, and here's, here's my evidence that I'm a civilian, so here's what I'm not. And then you put mm-hmm. it in order. Put it in order. Mm-hmm. If you have proof, and I'm going to tell you that this is so true. Oh. Listen, as the Heavenly Father is my witness, my kid got caught the second time, public intoxication. And what did the the judge saw her? Again, when she got arrested, he goes, oh, my God, it's you again. She said, don't you call me you. I'm not a lamb. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I had already taught her the second time. And the judge yeah. says, um, oh, well, um, uh, Ms. Perez, he, she goes, no, don't call me anything. Don't you call me Tina? That's what you said, right? And then <laughs> the judge said, "You know what? You didn't settle your debt with me the first time." And mm. she said to him, "Your Honor, I tried to settle the debt, but the prosecutor refused my offer, and that's why I had to leave. And I even went to the clerk, and she was trying not to take my offer. And he goes." Okay, this is what I what you do. You you know you only have thirty days to counter off. Listen to how he said it. You only have thirty days to make a counter offer. So I suggest that you get over there, young lady, to that window, and settle the matter so that you don't have to see me. Because if the thirty days pass and you don't settle this matter, I'll have to charge you. And he says, you know what? And I won't have a choice. He mm. said, you're supposed to make a counter offer. See, there's something called a third option. You go in and you make a counter offer. Let's just say you owe, and let me tell you how it's the same with any business. You're in the collection agency. What do they tell you? We're here today to make you an offer. You owe us $3,000, but we're going to give it to you for 200 Let's settle for 200 and we'll wipe out the debt, right? And you're thinking, hmm, no, I'm not going to settle it. I'll give, you know what you, you would say? No, my offer to you is a dollar. That's right. And provided, when, yeah. provided it wipes out the debt. Say that again? Right, exactly, exactly. What did you say, say it again? again? Okay, I will offer you this deal. Okay, mm-hmm. giving you whatever, okay, mm-hmm. provided it cleans the record, okay? Because, see, when we pay off something, it's supposed to clean mm-hmm. the record by default. Mm-hmm. They're not allowing that. They're letting it stay on the record or the credit mm-hmm. report, all this bad stuff, okay? That's one mm-hmm. of the things these agencies are doing is yes. selling, uh, you know, information about our credit, and they're actually making money all these exactly. uh, off of that. Okay, so when we pay a debt, they're supposed to clear that from their books, and it's Mm -hmm. gone, and they're not doing that. They're leaving it on there, and that's a dirty little secret right there. And I'm going to tell you guys guys what's going on. I want to tell you one more thing, too, that when you make that offer, this is the part that I wanted to tell you, you better make sure that it is with the condition that this matter be wiped off the record. You know what? I, I wasn't, I, I should have told you a long time ago that when I settled my matters with the police, for, you know, remember I told you I got arrested for 
um, not having you know, any documentation. So when we settled the matter, which was signing the performance bond and giving it back to them, it was under the condition that you remove my fingerprints and my photo and my name and information from the records. Did they do that? Yes, they did. She went right back to the judge. We gave her the terms and conditions, and she said, okay. The judge said, okay, sign right here. And the judge called the next day and said, I cannot take her photo and fingerprints and information off the record in this courthouse. We take it, take this to this courthouse, which is down the road, and have them do it, and they'll call me, and I'll tell them. You know why? Because I made an offer to them, and the offer was that we signed the performance bond. She was on the, on the bench. Did I go inside the courthouse? No. You do not go before the public that is sitting in the courthouse divulging your secret weapon remedy because if you do, you are hurting the judge. That's their business place, their place of business. So they're going to slam and hammer you if you go in there making that kind of an offer. You have to do it where? With the clerk. And what make I, your offer. Um, I, I intervened in my husband's case. I had a conversation with um, some of the officials. And I flat out told them, I said, listen, I'm, I'm able to uh, perform any act under my name, and that includes an act of God, and this is what I want. Or I can sue everyone in their personal and private capacity. I can sue out your bond, and no one will have anything. So I got a call after an hour the court was closed. Why? Because the equity is 24 hours a day. Okay, mm-hmm. I got a call from a uh, an official at the court. He told me that all of my documents that I sent into them sealed everything that I was authorized to make payment, and he explained to me what I needed to do to get um, to get an appearance in court to finalize everything. How did I do that? Because I know that I can perform any act. I know I can. So if I can perform any act, that's what the whole webinar acts is about. These are acts that you can perform. Mm-hmm. Use this name, which includes all of the acts. So you don't want to use statutes. You can say, hey, based upon this, uh, this act of blah, 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 I hereby, blah, 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 say whatever you want to say. But I wrote everything in, in um, equitable terms. Mm-hmm. And they sealed it. They sequestered it, and they sealed it out of the public view and then explained to me what needed to be done. And that can happen to anyone who has right. the power to do that. And, again, that includes an act of God, which is a natural disaster. Right. So when you think, I want you to remember this, when you're in trouble and you get arrested, you must remember that when you make a deal with them, because remember, you made a mistake already. You gave them the license. Don't sit there arguing about your right to travel already because you gave them the license, and the license says you're a driver, you're an operator of a motor vehicle. Okay. Yeah. So 
When you go um, in to do your counter offer, you can tell them, I'm going to offer you a dollar um, under the terms and conditions that now, you erase my um, uh, record totally from the public record. And otherwise, I'm, and you know what? They take that to the judge. The clerk will take it to the judge. And the judge will determine whether they're going to accept that or not. Or she might say, I want $20. And then I'll consider, I'll take into consideration your offer. Do not no. go into a courtroom thinking you have no option. Right. Now, the the, okay. the obligation of the United States falls under the Full Faith and Credit Act. If you have a, an authenticated certificate, it says full faith and credit. When you mail it out to the State Department to authenticate it, there's a hidden code inside the address. And the hidden code says CAP2 authority. CAP2 authority. And you're sending it to Sterling. Sterling is silver. There's hidden codes in all of this stuff. Okay? So, under the Full Faith and Credit Act that I'm able to perform, I'm going to go ahead and give you this dollar in exchange for X, Y, and Z. Do you accept? They have to. Why? Because it's an obligation of the United States. Okay. Do you understand, people? Okay. You know, if you own a, you know, like you're buying a house and you've got a mortgage on it, that should Mm -hmm. work right the dollar bill to the bank. Absolutely. Well, yes. Yes. You do a counter offer, I think. Yes. Make a counter offer to them and uh, see what happens. Okay. Um, I got a question. Um, but before I do, let's see. We'll talk about the DL in a minute. Or there's more stuff about the DL. Okay. But um, is Triel? Are you are you getting like closer, close or closer to getting your uh, your husband out of jail? That's a deal. Yeah. We've Hello? had a couple. Um, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. I hear you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Was, because I asked that. I mean, I got two people out of prison under my belt. Um, it was not an easy task at all. And I'm not a new kid on the block. I've been around a time or two. And I've had some 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 some, uh, some pretty good successes. Okay. Yes, he has. Um, now, he told me his you were, story. You were talking about, you were talking about uh, uh, options. About yeah. you know, they're always giving you options all the time, right? Okay. Well, they usually really give you. The they really about, give you two they options. They give you two options, right? Well, actually, but they gave me let about me tell you options. something. And there's, there's a rule, okay? And the rule is this: when you're negotiating an instrument, or a debt, you have three chances to come to an agreement, and this is rule of law, okay? So when you, they'll say, um, oh, we're going to give you five years of prison and um, three years of community control, right? And so what happens? You come in there, and you know people, they just sit there and nod their head yes when the judge is saying, I'm going to read your sentence. Um, did anybody coerce you to do to accept this sentence? No. Did anybody, even your lawyer, did he tell you to accept this deal? No. Do you accept this deal? Yes. You know what? I'm telling you. 
I already told this story a million times, you guys. That judge shook his head and almost had tears coming out of his eyes. He sentenced seven men to 15-plus years in prison, and he kept looking at them. He would shake his head at them, like saying, no, you don't have to do this. Make me an offer. Make me an offer. I was the only one that day that went into the courthouse, and they were going to give my old man... He died already, unfortunately. They were going to give him 20-something years of prison because the police officer wrote some really, really bad things of domestic violence of him against me, and I was there. And he tells, he comes up, and he's in chains, hand and feet, and he's walking up to the front in the orange jumpsuit, and he says, do you know why you're here today? And he says, yes. And he says, um you know that the sentencing for you is going to be 27 years, blah, blah, blah. And do you have anything to say? Does anybody coerce you? And he's, you know what he said? No, Your Honor, I don't accept this sentence. He goes, no, why? Do you have any evidence that supports you did not do this? And he said, yes, my wife is here and she's going to tell you. And I came up to the front and I told the judge that never happened at all. You know what he did? He looked at me. And he said, I agree with you, because if you would have done what was written on this paper, she would not be standing here with a baby in her stomach. She would be dead. And you know what he did? He hereby ordered him to be released from prison, and he was the only one that got free that day. Um, Free of charge, the sentences, everything was extinguished. There is a third option. If you didn't do it, and you bring in a witness that says you didn't do it, you better have those witnesses there and you make your own offer. Number two, if you get simple things, a ticket, this or that, please do not make an offer and agree to some stupid community control, 10 years in prison. You got to make your own offer. You have three chances to come to a deal with them. And you know what happens? If they refuse your deal, your case gets thrown out because they have to come to an agreement. But here's the most important thing. The most important thing that you want the judge to do is to wipe that off your record. You know why? I'm going to tell you something that happens. You know, like when you get out of prison and it's all done and over with, and you notice that you can't find a job because it's on your record. You know how much money the court is making just for you to go back because you forgot to make the deal to get your record. Oh, shit. Hello? Hmm. Um, okay. gone or whatever, but my phone is on about 2%. So I'm okay. going to sometimes, that, sometimes that stuff's going to work. Sometimes it's not what she's talking about. I had 50 witnesses in court, okay? It didn't make a damn bit of difference. So this system is totally evil and wicked. Now, here's the thing. They, they will give you these options and stuff, okay? Like the woman told me at the uh, Pacific Gas and Electric Company, she's given mm-hmm. me three different options. Okay, when I was getting my aunt's power turned back on because mm-hmm. they shut it off. And I said, no, you don't understand, supervisor so-and-so, which she was the third supervisor that I had to go to. I said, there's only one option, just one. 
And that's to turn the damn power back on now. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm a belligerent litigant, and I've had more success being so because I don't accept no for an answer. And, and I don't pussyfoot around with them. That's something I don't do. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. These are straight-up fucking criminals. That's yes, what they, they are. are. Yes, they are. But you know what, Alan, but here's another thing that we have a problem with the people standing there and accepting everything that they're telling you. And all you had to do was go in and make that counter offer and you can go right to the clerk. You have 30 days to go in. And make account. You know what? I'm going to tell you something, which I can't. I'm not going to use any names at all because I can't. So I know someone that was under arrest. And, they, you know, I got a call. And I couldn't answer the call because it was $15 almost to answer that call. But I called back. So I talked to the jailer and I said, um, excuse me, uh, why is this person arrested? And they were like, ah, blah, blah, blah. And I said, wait a minute. And they were telling me, and this is the second offense, okay? So I said, oh, I have a question for you. She goes, what is that? And I go, when they had the first offense, can you check your records? Didn't they pay off that debt? And she goes, "Uh, let me look in here. Okay, yeah. I said, so why is it still showing on the record if that person already cleared the debt? It shouldn't be showing on there, right? She stays real quiet. I said, oh, I know what my friend did. They forgot to demand that you guys take that off the record because you're showing it like, you know, listen to what you guys are doing. You're settling the matter and they're still leaving what you did wrong, which is adept, right? On the records and everybody pulls your public record up and they're saying, oh, that person ran the stop sign, had a speeding ticket, um, and they got arrested for it, right? You forgot to tell them to take it off the record. You paid for that, right? You settled it. Don't you think you deserve the right to have it removed from the record? Uh, think about let it. Let me throw something in here, okay? There is several maximums of law, all right, that clearly state any law that, that has a uh, provision in it I guess any form of arbitration is banal and void. All right. What do you mean that there's no there's no um are you every saying that there's no remedy? The book, no, every law of the books mm-hmm. all right, as a thought you have the right of arbitration, like you just said. Yeah. Right. To give options. If they refuse that, that law is null and void. And that's Did you hear that? You can go look it up. It's, uh, I don't have it right in front of me. It's in Booby 1856, but it is in there. Listen, they All will right. talk mean to you. They're going to no. coerce you and everything. Do not forget that you have options, too. Like, I know, um, I think um, Angelica or Anglica, I can't, I don't know how to pronounce the name. Like, she has a problem, too, just for a tail light. All she has to do, she had to go in there and make a counter offer 
and ask them, once I make this counter offer to you for a dollar, I need you to shut the shit down. That's how I would say it. Shut it down. Clear my name. Why, people? Because you don't want this stuff adding up on you. Little ticket here, little ticket there. You know, um, you need to clean that off my record. Because, you know, the Census Bureau is making your book of life. But you know what? It's unfair because you are also to blame. You don't do your homework. You don't do your research. You're gullible. And it's time to stop being that way. And you need to go in and make a counter offer. And with that counter offer, you say, I offered you this dollar in and for consideration that you wiped me off the, you know, the rolls. I want my face. I want my fingerprints, and I want my data removed from the record when I give you this dollar. Why? Because I also have rights to make an offer. And this is called the third option. It's my option. I'm telling you this is what I'm offering you. Take it or leave it. You're going to, you know what? If you don't offer them a dollar, I'm going to hang you guys. Because you heard Southern just read you the law. Now, let me also say something. For those of you would-be travelers, there's a thing out there called the Uniform Vehicle Code. It's about 300-something pages long. I'd advise you to look that up on the Internet and start reading that. This is what they're using on you. They're not using what the, the traveling bullshit. They're using that vehicle code. And this vehicle code's been around a lot longer than anybody's been alive. Um, I have a copy of it for nineteen ten. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it stated it states in here that it was first written. Are you ready for this? In eighteen eighty five. Wow. Guess who wrote it? What? Take a guess. Who wrote it? It's, it's called the Uniform Traffic Laws and Ordinances. Uniform State Law Commission. Who wrote it, Andrew Jackson? <laughs> no, the Uniform State Law Commission. The gang of lawyers. So they've been Look around. You're saying that they've been around that long, but you know what? We can't use laws, I think, from 1910 because the courts, when I was working in the courts, they told me that we're not allowed to accept any laws prior to 1933 that they don't, they're they null and void. Because I, you know why? Because they went and put them in the codes and statutes. So when people oh. bring in laws, anything prior to 1933, they're not accepted. Exactly, 1938 is, uh, oh, I can't think of it now. I'll have to think about it. Yeah, it has to be a book after 1933 that they can use. They can't even bring in court cases um, prior to 1933. They won't accept them either. Hillary Railroad versus Thompson. So the bottom line, line, you need to get this book. It's Uniform Vehicle Code. And what they are, they're using this. I'm telling you, they're using it. No, no, no. They're using it, but now it's in the codes and statutes. That's what they've yeah, Southern, done. Aren't we civilians? You know, when we're civilians, that don't apply to us. That's right, buddy. But until, until you become a civilian, this applies to you. 
But you need to get this book and you need to look at it. Because you know, because this is what they're using. See, if you start bringing, you see, these guys who are going out here yelling that I'm a traveler, I get blah, 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 and beating themselves on the chest like a gorilla, they're getting thrown in jail. The people who are bringing in the right stuff aren't getting thrown in jail. They don't want nothing to do with that little uh, military manual for what we've seen so far. They don't want anything to do with it. And they don't want this here. I think that's, but you know, Southern, that military manual that you're talking about, I think they don't want anything to do with it is because they are the military. We are being controlled by a military occupation. So you can't, yeah, they don't want to see the manual because when you bring it in, you're talking about them. (laughs) Well, you're actually talking about what they're using, and they don't want no way to realize that. Yeah, you bring it in there, though. I get that thing. That's why they told, um, what's her name? Uh, I don't want to say what's her name. Your your friend, uh, you can't bring the Constitution in this courtroom. Why? Because they're using their own law called bylaws, or they're using articles of incorporation. They're incorporated. We well, are unincorporated. If you read this manual right here, the, the mm-hmm. traffic manual, Mm-hmm. It says copyrighted by the National Conference of Uniform Traffic Laws and Ordinances, 2000. Right, so that means that we cannot use that manual. Yeah, we can't use mm-hmm. it, but I'm telling you what they are, what they're using on us. And if you start, start reading yeah, but once stuff, the people, once the people start learning from our teachings, that when Abraham Lincoln said you were truly free, you are truly free. Yeah. Okay, but but you are an enemy of the United States. Okay, yeah. like I will tell you that your birth certificate is red flagged. Okay. Mhm. And when you're red flagged, that means you are being held as a captor or you're in exile um, until you come in and fix whatever you're going to fix with your name, but yep. this is what we're teaching people. Changing your name, change of assignment. That's what it is. Name change is change of assignment. Why? Because I live. I'm, I live. There's a mistake here. I know that I'm recorded as a disappearance of life, that I'm missing, and that the property was abandoned, but I'm here to claim, reclaim my property. Even if you have to say under adverse possession, or I don't care, however, I'm here to claim that uh, I'm alive. I live, and I'm here to claim uh, that I live. That your claim is, is that you live, and you need them to know that you live. That you were born, you were born with life, and you were born and begotten by your parents' name. And I need you to correct my stat, my name status. The first thing you have to do is get a name. You don't have a name. You're a number. I don't care what anybody... Alan, are you still here? Alan? Yeah, he's there. Where are you at, Alan? Okay, well, Alan will tell you. He was He was arguing with the courts, and the judge told him. You're not a name. You're a number. Yeah. That's right. 
Darren's just read to you several laws that say and support the fact that they never recorded you as being born. They were recording the entity that they created for you. And you want to know something else? Here's something else that you didn't know, because I know this because I'm holding cases in juvenile. Your name is written backwards on any court case where you're a juvenile. Otherwise, they put only the initials of the child. And the law still is the same today. Like people have said, I don't know, Jesus disappeared for so many years and he comes back when he was 30. Wasn't he missing? Wasn't Jesus missing for like 30 years? That's what you guys did. You've been missing for a long time, okay? And after he turns 18, Jesus, what happens? Listen to this. The story of Jesus is your story. He was gone for 30 years and he comes back to town, right, on a donkey. And I'll find you what the symbol of the donkey is because I have a friend. He's um, a Jewish guy, very nice scientist, and he knows every meaning of every word in the Bible, and he said there's 153 key words in the Bible that we have to learn, and one was donkey. That Okay, so when you're 18, right, now you're declared without life, because in the Bible stats manual, it says um, disappearance of life is a death, and that's what you did. You disappeared, so that they're presuming, I mean, they're assuming or presuming, under the law of assumption, they're presuming that you're dead. So you come back later, and this is what you're doing. All of us are like in our 20s and 30s. We come back on that donkey. I have to figure out what that donkey is. And you go back in there and you say, I live, right? And you're the son of whatever. You're the son of God. You're trying to get what? You're trying to regain your status under sonship. S-O-N-S-H-I-P. And what do you have to do? You've got to die again. You got to make a change. You can't. You can't have that all caps name. You're going now from what? The mark of the beast is a number, or the number of what? Its name. Remember, it's a boy when you were born. It's a girl, and then they put a number to it. Okay, so you go back in. You don't have a name. You got to go back and make a name for yourself now, which is your proper grammar name. And you come in and you say, I live, and this name is assigned to nobody. That Nobody uses the all-caps name. It belongs to nobody and no one at its current status. I need to have a name so that I can, uh, I live, that account pertains to me. And you can ask me any question about that account and I can answer it. I know who the mother was of that account, the father of this account. And um, I know the account numbers. You know everything about that account, people, because it's your account. What happens? You get a name, and now you have a name for yourself. What happens when you have a name? Now you have what? Legislative power. You are now not only lawful, but you're legal. You have legal and lawful power on both sides of it now. You know, right now, technically speaking, we Mm -hmm. don't own anything. You know, our, our automobiles... Have been That's raised. right. Right now, you own nothing. You can't own nothing because you number, don't exist. Number can't own anything. That's what I told you. 
You are a number. Now you got to go in and get a name. Okay? But what I'm saying to you is if they ask you, what is the number? What is the account number? That birth certificate number is an account number. Why? That's the account number for the birth certificate. When you're going to Social Security, right, that's the account number for the Social Security. When you go to the Census Bureau, you have a unique identifier. That's the number to the census. And they all have what? They have a pneumogen. And what is and the most important pneumogen is the one from Bible, I mean from Department of Commerce. Do you not see what they said? We collect all your data, including you know what they got in there? They're putting all your debts and all your credits in there too. All the debts that you pay, whatever you owe. Everything that was put in the bands, it says it right there. We put it into what? We create and make it into a book of life, and it becomes what? A volume. Okay. When you do when you do the name assignment, doesn't all that get purged if you want it to? Yes. They're going to give you a box. If you want it all back, right, they'll give you a file box, the clerk will, and she'll put everything in it about you regarding your birth and stuff, and they give it back to you. So, anybody have a question? Yeah, I have a question. Okay. Uh, I actually just got out of jail for a mm-hmm. stupid traffic stop, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, they were going the the uh, the uh, punishment was two years and all that garbage. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they and they offered me. Uh, no jail time and twenty hours of community service uh-huh. and one year and one year probation unsupervised. Uh-huh. Now, so you so need I, to go in if you want to change that. You're going to have to call for an appearance. And oh my God, I forgot what you call it, but I'll ask Trial. You're going to go in and annul. You're going to nullify that, and you're going to say. I want to come in. I need a hearing. I need to. I need to amend or nullify what I just accepted, because I want to make you a counter offer, um, and you change it, and you can change it. Trust me. And I want to offer you a dollar, and I want to do this, this, and that for you. I want to give you uh, ten hours of community service, and I also and you say in and for consideration that you take this dollar. And you also erase my identity and all the records you purge them from your file. And if they say, no, we're not going to do that, say, well, yes, because you see, your agency doesn't have jurisdiction over me. The only one that had jurisdiction over me was the court that was allowed to hear this matter that you brought before the court. You brought it before the court. And I am entitled to make an offer of my own. And I didn't realize it, but I'm here to do, but you know, you're going to have to give it in writing to the clerk. You hear what I say? You're going to have to do what to the clerk? You have to give that to the clerk in writing. You cannot just say it. You have to write it down. The counter offer, right. right. Yeah, you got to make an appearance. And you, oh yeah. And see if you can make I shouldn't even be saying this because I'm not a lawyer, but, I, oh, for the record, you guys, I'm not a lawyer. 
And what I'm giving you should not be construed as legal advice. This is just what I would do if I was in your shoes. I would request a special appearance, and um, they know what a special appearance is. It, it is something that is current and can be used in verbiage. And you go in and you make another offer. You say, you know what? I accepted your offers, but I believe that I'm entitled to make my own offer. So I come in here, um, and I'm going to tell you the right words to use. If you text me tomorrow, I'll get with Kyle because her phone probably died. <clears throat> and you call it something else. Because you know that we're trying to do something on her end, too. And that is for a huge sentence. And it's about to get nullified and that's all i can say about that so if we can take a huge sentence and get it nullified and i'm going to tell you another story real quick before i hang up because i'm tired <clears throat> but um I, my kid got in trouble again for something else and they put her on two years probation because she was uh, she didn't want to get me upset with her so she didn't tell me about it and she was um, with the ankle bracelet. She was on probation. She had a home control thing. So it was for three years in exchange. Now, see how it is? She knew how to do this part. In exchange that she completed her three years uh, of community control, that they would nullify the record like it never happened. And she, she said, Mom, I did put that in the deal. So I told her, oh, good. So how long have you been doing this? She said, for two years, I've had this ankle bracelet, and I got to pay 50 bucks. I got to pee in the cup every week. And I said, okay, so now I want you to call your lawyer and tell him, I've been doing this thing for two years faithfully with clean urine, and I would like to um, see if the judge will look at my contract again, and I want it terminated. I want to finish it now because I want to do other things and I can't do it because I have this ankle bracelet so no one wants to hire me. And you know what? They went, you know what the guy did? He opened the book. He says, ah, oh, clean urine. Oh, never missed none of your um, probation. Okay, let me go ask the judge. Um, I'm going to give you a, a hearing on, it was on um, October the 5th of this past month. She goes, okay, Mama, I did what you said, and they're going to take it before the judge. And I said, okay. She went to court, and guess what? The judge agreed. Finished the contract. It's terminated, and he sealed the records now, and it doesn't show. Don't ever say that you're stuck with uh, whatever they tell you. You're not stuck. You can go back and make a counter offer. But always remember, people, when you're in trouble, and you know it's going to affect your job, it's going to affect your ability to be hired, um, don't wait until you get out of jail because then you're going to have to go back in and pay someone $5,000 or sometimes they have these little special programs where you pay 100 bucks just to get your record expunged. That's just them making more money. You should have put that offer in there when you're at the courthouse. You don't accept their offer. You make a counter offer. And you have three chances. And you know what you need to do, sir? You need to go in there and say, you know, I believe that we're supposed to do a negotiation and we have a three time, um, we have three times to come to an agreement. And I never really got a chance to put what I wanted in there. 
And I would like to nullify what I just accepted, Your Honor, and I would like to put my own offer in there. And you give it to them in writing. And you write it very respectfully because you already took that offer. So you want the judge to, to look at it again. And you, you offer him, say, well, I'm here to offer you a dollar for this matter. But I want it to be extinguished and I'll give you whatever. I give you 50 hours of community service. But I need you to expunge this from my record when I'm done with this debt and it's paid in full because it will affect my ability to be employed, to um, support my family, or you put all the good things in there. And you know what? The judge may consider that, but if they refuse your offer, you know, you could say, well, you know what? This matter should be closed. You know, you're going to default them because they never gave you a chance to make your own offer. Okay, in my case, uh, they first offered uh, two years probation. I said, well, uh, I'm not going to be around here that long. Uh, Can you make it... uh, you make it a less, so they, they gave me one year. Um, so does that kind of constitute a counteroffer, or can I make another one? Yeah, you can make another one. Say, after thinking about it, Your Honor, you know what? I realized something, that once I finish doing what I got to do, say, um, I need that removed from my records. I need you to remove my face, my fingerprints, and everything, because... You know, you tell them about what what it's going to affect. Don't okay. wait until you guys finish your your sentence or whatever you're agreeing to. You could even, you know, I would even, like I said to you, I would even attempt to lower down that offer even further and make your own counter offer in writing, and say, you know what? Because I went home and I thought about it, and I don't want to be disrespectful or anything, but I believe I had a right to make a uh, and, um, a better offer than what I was. And I t- you can tell them I forgot to add something here that once I complete this, I would like what I've done taken in and for consideration this be removed totally from my record. Because you said it's a traffic citation, right? Yes. Yeah, why would you want to have your life ruined? Because you know that once you finish this, it's going to stay on the record. That you right. have probation and everything. You don't want that on the record. Okay, um, I can do that. There's actually a court hearing scheduled uh, in a couple of weeks relative to the community service uh, thing yeah. program that I have to sign up, so I, I suppose I could uh, put it in. But and do it before bring you it up go in to do what you're going to do right now. You know how you're going to go into court? You better do it before you go there. You know what I'm saying? I, I would put yeah. in the counteroffer and then bring it up at the yeah. hearing. Mm-hmm. All right. You uh, require a hearing. Uh, uh, pardon? No, I said don't forget, you request a hearing for that matter. Like when you go into court, don't go in the day that the judge is going to give you that um, assignment because he's not going to hear your offer then. You have to make your own hearing. Okay, schedule a, a separate hearing, you're saying, okay. Yeah, so he can address solely that matter. All right. Now, uh, one other question. Um uh, what about getting a license uh, because you, for instance, uh, would need a rental car or something of that nature? Um, I don't use a license to get a rental car. 
I'm telling you about me. I'm not giving you legal advice. I know people that get it with a passport. Yeah, me too. But so did it require did it require a license? Just a passport? Yes, but here's the thing. This is enterprise, okay? Enterprise will do it with a passport or anything mm-hmm. like that, provided you have a credit card. Yes, gotta have a credit card. Because okay. if you cause an accident, or you like they're gonna offer you insurance and stuff, but if you cause an accident or something, you are fully liable for what you know any damages that you cause to to that car and to anybody else. Okay, I know this because my friend doesn't have a license, and she's in big trouble right now because she had a rollover, and she used her passport, and she forgot to get insurance for the car. Or I don't know. She might have gotten insurance, but she had a rollover, and the police officer came, and she told him, you know, I don't have a license. He said, show me what you have. And she showed him the passport. You know what he said to her? I'm not going to write you anything. You already have enough trouble because you just did a rollover here and you just destroyed Enterprise's car. So he's not telling her why he didn't give her that citation. He took the passport and then gave it back to her and he left. He told her, oh, well, this is your problem now. And it's fully like they're not going to get involved, but you're you're responsible for all the damages. Okay. Uh so with the name change, uh, would that allow you to get a passport without a social? Uh, you're, yeah, you don't. When you uh, when you get the name change, when you first do that passport, they are not going to require that you have a social. That's the only time you can get a passport without a social. Okay. Now um, I've heard different things about passports. There's a P. Most pa- passports have a P on there. I've heard that, that it uh, it stands for pauper. I'm not sure if that's true or not. No, that's uh, not true. No, no it's not. Uh, uh, also, uh, some people have three stars on it. Some have five stars and, and all that. Do you know what that's all about? Because they're already um, properly established their civilian status. We'll, look at a, look at look at some passports from other countries. Mm-hmm. They do not have that P on there. Right. That P is not proper. No, I forgot what it was too. Oh my god! And I asked them. It's I gotta prisoner. ask them again now. It isn't prisoner. Want to bet? <laughs> I know because I called them. It wasn't prisoner. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so it, uh, will they ever issue a passport in, uh, with the name in proper English and not styled as a corporation? Um, sometimes they won't, but it won't matter because you're not going to have a social on it. See, there's other identifying factors that they use to identify you. You got to think of it like this. If other people saw what you had, right, they will question. You got to remember, everybody, everybody is in this game, okay? Not just you and me. They will tell you this. When you start crossing over, they're going to say everybody is in this game, not just you. So what are they doing? They got to protect the public 
You want the public going on an outrage when they all figure out that they're dead? It would be a rampage if they all figured out what they truly lost. And you're different from everybody. So the best thing to do is just keep what you're doing. If you're going to help your family and your loved ones, you do that. But you don't do like a, a major broadcast. Even here, we take, we're taking risks and doing our own broadcast, but I don't know how much longer until they tell us, you know what, shut it down. Yeah, okay. So, you know what I'm saying? Right, so uh, uh, getting, back, mm-hmm. getting, back to, okay, getting back to driver's license, you're saying there's no uh, scenario where you would uh, ever get a driver's license then or what? I don't have one at all. And, 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 they, and they know I don't have one at all, but, but I do have a decree and I do have a passport and I have, that means I have what? I have identification. Okay. Uh, if you're traveling, the only way you could say that you're traveling is when you have a passport. You can't use that as a defense in court when you gave them a license. Right. You can. Yeah. I just sent you uh, that arbitration, uh, Maxwell. Yeah. And uh, I appreciate it. Uh huh. Yeah. If you want to go ahead, copy it and send it to them. Okay. So any one of you that want a copy of the arbitration maxim, um, just text me and I will I would I will have to um I'll put it on um my Dropbox and I'll link you guys so you guys can download that. I have a beautiful library of books in my um Dropbox. Um I even have books in there that would really help you to understand how this country is running. Um, I got a very beautiful deed of acknowledgement and acceptance that I need to I need to um, omit some wording like people's names off of it, and I'm going to put that on legal deception in the file section. So now you guys can have your own appropriate um, deed of acknowledgement and acceptance, which is really what it's called is um, it's a deed of conveyance. And we what that does is when you get your name changed, the first thing you have to do is you got to do a deed of acknowledgement and acceptance of this deed that you did and the judge decrees it to you. You give him the, you give to the clerk the deed of acknowledgement and acceptance. Um, and you could put in and for consideration that it be acknowledged that I am truly the owner of this name. However, when you go in there, you're supposed, you know, the judge is going to tell you, you know, either that is your name. He'll say that is your name. But you tell him, okay, so if it's my name, then I need you to put that on a certificate from the clerk saying that that's my name so that I don't have to have a name. And you just said it belongs to me. You've got to have some kind of evidence that the name belongs to you. That's the start. Um, uh I can't remember what else. What else did I need to tell you? I just said if you guys need any books, 
I have a, a wonderful library of books. Um, I'm doing a paper right now. I'm typing up all the different places where the agencies use the name to try to declare you as, like I said, Social Security uses A and B, which is U.S. citizen or resident alien. Um, Southern just quoted you one where you're either a founding child or an Indian. Um, we'll cite where that's found. Um, I'll use the one that um, Alan just reguided me to, which is born, being born alive. And some other places, what they call you versus what you believe you thought you were. And I'll yeah, put them all Indian, on An Indian is a foreigner. See, Native yeah. American is an American. It was born here. Indians yeah. are foreigners, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, but they don't call you born here. It says um, foundling child. Wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Isn't that what it says, it's, Southern? Women, the, the, they're talking about Indian tribes like the Eskimos and stuff like this. All right, they're automatically citizens of the United States. Mm-hmm. This is a, uh, a, a decree by Congress. Yes, mm-hmm. the only one that fits us. All right, being born on the land inside the continental United States in mm-hmm. Article. Uh, man, hold on a second. National to the United States. Let me open it back up. Yeah, because he found that and he read it to me. He said, look, there's only two options here. Remember I told you that there's only two options that they give you, right? Look up 8 U.S.C. 1401. All right. Or go into the Immigration Naturalization Act, Act 301. There's only two born inside the United States. One is a member of an Indian Eskimo Altonian or Aboriginal tribe. The other one is a is a abandoned child. Everything else you'll see it says born person born outside the United States. Okay, don't we want to be born? I mean, you know, out our business doesn't it want to be born outside the United States of no of Columbia? No, no. When they're speaking United States, they're talking about the 50 states. Mm-hmm. They're not talking about the District of Columbia people. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're not, huh? No. And if, you, if you're born outside the United States, mm-hmm. that makes you an alien. That means you go on the Alien Registration Act of 1940, and you've got to have a green card. Okay, okay. But if you're in the United and, States of America... You're on the land, and if you're in Washington D.C., you're part of the federal zone. Right. Okay. Southern, okay. where's this sound again? Give me that whole code again. Which code? Eight, just, it's A USC fourteen oh one. Fourteen oh one. And where is the southern in the immigration manual? What what section? Uh, Act three oh one. Listen. Listen, guys, let me tell you something. I want to explain the federal code, the federal code thing to you, okay? All right? How many of you have ever read, the, really read the Dick Act of 1901, 1903? The Effective and Militia Act. Hello? Probably no one. Yeah. Okay, um, let me explain this. 
1775, they created the first Congress, wrote the uh, first uh, militia laws, Articles of War. I a year, I'm almost a year or better before the Declaration of Independence. I as soon as it was written, what the first court that was created, uh, it was the Judge Advocate General, created by George George Washington. So we that was a court before anything else. That is your founding, as they guys like to call the organic documents. They don't like it because it is. It, it, I'm not even going to go there. I'm tired of arguing them, but uh, the bottom line, federal zone, when we are natural, there's no war. We sit under the state authority, right, under the national, under the militia of the state, okay? When we are federalized, as in time of war, time of national emergency, catastrophe, any of this stuff, the president has the authority to what they call federalizes. That's your federal zone. Federal zone stretches over the entire United States. And a bunch of foreign countries, people, believe me, it does. Okay? Mm-hmm. The, being in the federal zone, you see, people want to talk about you being a, a citizen of the United States. I don't want to be a citizen. Citizen has nothing to do with this. Absolutely nothing. It's the military side of this that you guys got to understand is what's happening. Right? Congress has no authority. To tell you what, next week, I'll show you their authority. How's that, idea? And anybody that can argue with that, I want to I talk to them face up because they can't. Their authority is real simple, and it's spelled out in the Constitution. All right? The only authority these people got, I'll call that thing up next week. I'll put it out there for the show, and we can discuss authority. But I go into the Constitution. Show me where the government acquired authority. They don't have it. The only one place. Same thing with the state. State only has authority over what it creates. All right? Well, we yeah. created the Constitution. You just we, said something, Southern. Let me, let me add something to what you just said. You know... That what Heather Ann Tootsie, you know, one of the things she was saying to the judge that he doesn't have any authority over her. She's a civilian, and she said that he's got to prove his authority, him and the prosecutor. And they said, no, we don't, because this is a military court. But they do not have to prove their authority. That's right. And they're saying they have jurisdiction over her even though she's a civilian. Yeah? Yep. Now, I think the reason why that is, is she hasn't proven on paper that she's a civilian. She's just saying it with her lips. And I think they deny that. When, you know, hearing, you know, they want to pretend. I think they want to pretend she's standing there dead, no matter what she says. And she has to put it into words before they will recognize. I'm just guessing that, okay? Listen carefully. I want to give you a case law, okay? My advice to you is go study that case law. The Supreme Court said everything in it. It's called Ex parte Milligan. Yeah. All right, if go read that law, 
That Supreme Court is telling you there's only three courts in this country. Okay? And all of them are military. But, Southern, they're running the military is now corporatized. Their military occupation has now been privatized. When Bush put that execute, um, what do you call that, those executive orders, right? He privatized yeah. everything. Yeah, so basically... Yeah, let me ask you the question. Yeah, let me ask what G-Wolf just let's said. You know, keep, let me see who's keeping up on current events. Okay. We have a bunch of people sitting in a place called Gitmo, Guantanamo. All right? Correct? Yeah. I'm listening. I'm listening. They are civilians of a foreign nation. They're being classified as uh, unlawful combatants. Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard of anything called the Military uh, Military Commissions Act? Yeah, but that's Southern. Those people were in the military. We're not in the military. No, 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 they weren't. Have you ever heard of something called the Military Commissions Act? Yeah, so let me ask you a question. Where did they come from? They came from uh, uh, Iraq. Okay, they're not from America. But but they're still civilians. How do you know that? If if you capture somebody at war, they are not a civilian. I'm trying to get to a point. Look up the Military Commission Act. What did Congress have to do to try these people? They had to create a law. Under wait a minute, I thought you told me that Congress can only create laws for war. Military Commission Act is. Okay, so they were at war with the Americans, weren't they? Yes, but they're still That means that they're not civilians. Wait a minute. But when they came into the United States and they were going to try them, okay? Because they're captured militants. Would you let me finish? Okay. I forget the uh, something other court. I forget the the court case. Mm-hmm. Basically, what they said, they could only be tried by a civilian court. But so who said gun. that? Who said that? They did. The people. Yeah. The, but the, they the weren't. But they stuff. weren't really. They weren't really civilian southern. They were at war. Would you let me finish? Okay. And then if you prove me wrong, go right ahead. So Congress, in order to sidestep that, right, wrote the Military Commissions Act on unlawful combatants. Mm-hmm. Now Congress didn't write that 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 law just for shits and giggles. Well, you're not going to say that the United States wrote that for their own people because they can't. Okay, here's what everything gets back to, Southern. We've got to prove that we're not in their military because they're assuming and presuming that we are in it daily. That's right. Can can I chime in for just a second? That'd be all right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. uh, when in in the experience that we have here, I'm in California. I don't know where everybody mm-hmm. else is, but what we've found, and we've been doing case after case on this, and the way we approach it mm-hmm. is in the matter of presumption, with respect mm-hmm. to any presumption of anything about me 
right. that where we fall under the Constitution and the Constitution uh, is enacted uh, and how we, we, how we bring the authority as a citizen, in my case, of the state of California, who has rights, okay, nobody's, nobody's going to come in and say that I don't have rights because the way that I do the cause of action under a writ of mandamus against any public official, let's call it a cop, because that's who's doing it to you. The cop arrests you. He doesn't have a warrant, or if he does, and says, okay, here's, here's the complaint. But what, when we come in under a writ, under the common law, as the action, then we're, our obligation is, is not to prove. We don't have to prove or disprove anything about their presumption because mm-hmm. we're making the charge against the public official, and we're charging the public official with violating those duties that are required under the law. These are the statutes that they're required to follow, not us. We don't have statutory duties. We have mm-hmm. rights. So one mm-hmm. side of the coin is the duty. The other side is the right. So if they're violating mm-hmm. their duty to say and, and in their doing that, they're doing it in an unlawful manner uh, and that they have a non-discretionary ministerial duty to perform that act in the manner required by law, then we just simply come in and make the allegations. All right, I allege that the officer arrested me without a warrant. Well, this is a fact in the case. He arrested you without a warrant, whatever that is, misdemeanor, felony, infraction. And then that I allege that... Uh, there was no probable cause for that arrest. Mm-hmm. So okay. there's no oh. question that I have rights. Nobody's going to come in and claim some kind of an adhesion contract or something that would, that would derogate my rights. They have to come in and, and show cause why they did what they did in violation of their duty. So all of the presumptions on, on the way that I do it are all rebutted. So our duty is to rebut the presumption. The presumption is mm-hmm. that they have the authority, that, that, that I am some kind of creature or any other thing like that. But there's, that's impossible for them to do, nor would they ever try to do it, because they, they, they have to first address the fact that that agent or that person or that officer or that board member of the public corporation did not violate their duty. That's the question. Did that person who has a duty violate it? And that, no, they uh, did. that, no yeah. they didn't. Let me tell you something. They didn't violate their duty. You want to know why right. they didn't violate their duty? Sure, because go ahead. I, I want to tell you why. Because I, listen, I know this like the palm of my hand, baby, because I've been doing this for a long time. The reason why the officer is not violating his duties and they will never find him guilty unless he comes up like that one guy that shot someone in the back seven times while he was walking away and he didn't even have a weapon. Now, that's a violation of duty, and it's not called a violation of duty. It's called a dereliction of duty. And um, the reason why is because he has a policy and procedure manual, and he has a rule of engagement manual on how he is to handle the civilians when he comes, when he encounters a civilian. That is, whatever reason, um, that officer has a job description. I want you guys to write that down. The officer has a job description. Number two, he has a rule of engagement manual that he has to use when he pulls you over. He has to follow certain steps when he pulls you over. The Supreme Court ruled, right, and the Supreme Court ruled 
that that officer, he he is the only person that is exempt. Um, what was the law, Southern? They were, oh, they were exempt. They don't have to have knowledge of the law because they are not enforcing that. What they're doing is enforcing what? The policy and procedures of their solicitation of you. Like, let me just say that if uh, there was a little video I put out where it said, did you know that in each uh, city, there's like two or three officers that they have a specific contract and job description, and there are only three officers in the entire city that can give you a ticket, a citation. None of the that? other ones right. have. Okay, listen to what I'm saying here. Listen to what I'm saying here because it's real important. You're talking about his duties. His no, I'm duties, talking about my rights. <laughs> Yeah, right. but listen to this. You're saying you have rights, right? You yeah, have the right. Wait a minute. I'm going to tell you what your rights are. You I have the right. Yeah, you Go do. Ahead. Your rights are to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. Why? Because That's... the moment you step into that courtroom, you just gave them in personam jurisdiction because you're coming in there as a defendant and you are never supposed to do that. You have 30 days. Uh, I, I'm not mm-hmm. coming in there in, in personam, and I'm not there because, under my uh, own will. I'm yeah. under what arrest. What paperwork say that kills this presumption, though, see? Oh, right. I was going to tell you. I want to leave something here. Okay, listen. So you're, you're, you're coming in here, but listen to what you're saying. He violated his duties. He did not violate his duties. He has a he duty has, not to arrest me without a warrant. No, he he warrant? Has a, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You don't know that because you didn't <laughs> see his job description, okay? What's his job description got to do with the Fourth Amendment of the because, Constitution? Wait a minute. Because the Constitution doesn't apply inside the state. You, the the state only Constitution con- wait does. a minute. The state constitution applies only to a state police officer. If you have a state police officer, this is local and municipal law, and they operate under the uh, Copyright Act of the United Kingdom, and they can copyright their laws, which is called bylaws and articles of incorporation, and that officer's duty is only to do what his job description says, and it's also going to say this, and any other directives given to you outside the scope of your duties, and you have to sign a contract when you do that. The second thing he's going to be given is a rules of engagement manual, okay? And I saw Again, one guy, he posted that. Now, how, can you overcome, how can you overcome yeah, the constitutional right of the people where the sovereignty lies? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me ask you this question. Here, listen mm-hmm. to my question to you now. Did you sign, wait a minute, did you sign that Constitution? I don't have to sign it. I'm one of the people. No, that's, that's right. And guess what? Wait a minute. Here, let me, let me you, say and, and you don't, wait a minute. And, one little thing, please. Okay, one go ahead. Thing you're missing here. Contract law is the superior law of the land. That's if right. you have a driver's license or if they are assuming that you're in their military, you are required to have a driver's license, okay? 
You have no constitutional rights at that point. Right. Zero. Okay. Well, what, say there's there. a lot Stop. of presumption going on here. One, I don't have a license. I'm, I'm saying I, I, I use the word is. Without a warrant. Okay. So I'm telling you that and I've done 20 of these writs, and it works. Okay. This is a simple then fact. You, when yes, you, when you don't have yeah. a driver's license, no, that, that put you in a different category because you don't That's have that right. contract with them. And you know what I was going to tell you because he didn't let me finish. You just said I have rights, right? That's correct. Okay. You, and that's you just law of the land, me, right? That's law right. Of land. And there is, and I'm going to tell you another thing. There is no law in this land that obligates you to anything. You're truly free. So I want you to free your people, you people, you free your minds of thinking that you're under some obligation, okay? Now, he has rights. The officer has what? Duty, right? That's right. So, duty not to violate my right. That's right. That's his duty. Why? Because his establishment and your establishment did not come to some type of formal agreement to have him put his hands on you and arrest you, right? No, we already have an agreement. You can't arrest me without a warrant that's been determined with probable cause by a neutral and detached magistrate. That's the supreme law of the land. That is correct. But, but wait a minute, but. That supreme law of the land that you're talking about, the Constitution, that isn't for you. That is for the employees of the federal government, the state Constitution. That doesn't apply to you. That applies to all the state employees of the state government. The local laws, do they apply to you? No, No, they apply to the people. That's yeah, the, the statutes, statutes, not the Constitution. They don't apply to you. Wait a minute. That's what I'm saying. The local and municipal laws, they don't apply to you. They apply to the employees of that establishment, right? You, you but, want to give you an example of how this works and how it has worked? A, well, a I'm just letting winner? you know why it works is because the people misconstrue and believe that they are the ones required to perform under the acts and duties of the employees of the government, and they're not. That's why. That's the, that's the opposite of what I'm, ta- what I'm saying. I'm not saying what I am saying is, is that I have no duty whatsoever. None. You don't work for the government. You shouldn't have any duties to. That's the correct. Only, so wait a minute. Some, that's right. A government actor... Mm-hmm. who violates his duty, and, and you can't say that they're going to write any rule or regulation or statute which can infringe upon the rights of a person in the That in is the correct. California. So when one of them does that, then I, have, I, then I bring my judicial power and under the, you want to call it Fourth Amendment, Fifth Amendment, mm-hmm. Article 7A, Article 13 of the mm-hmm. Constitution of California, and I come mm-hmm. in and say, you violated your duty. Now, show cause why you did that. They come back and they can't answer because they, the facts support the claim. And the, and the claim is that where your claim has been established as a fact in the record, that the writ of mandamus must issue C at a S. It, they have no choice but to issue the writ and the writ is a permanent injunction against that person, and it allows you to call for damages. It allows you to call for declaratory relief, and it's done immediately. 
It happens with Okay, that is great paperwork. Yes. We all I, need right now until we is, get our civilian paperwork. And, you, and you know what? You are what right exactly in what you're saying because, like, I, you're just saying the same thing I am. I'm just telling you the duty side, like you just said, the officer has a duty, right? Yeah. But the officer has a duty, right, to perform his job description that he yeah. signs an application for. When he applies for the job, they give him a job description. It's not your job description, it's his. But right. his job is to try to what do what? Solicit you so he can give you a citation. But they can't give me a citation. He pulls well, me over and You're says, in a good position. You're totally different than, than mm-hmm. I. You're, sir, got, you're exactly I, the same as me. We yeah. all have mm-hmm. the exact same right because they all have the the, duty, that's, the duties that you're talking about, ma'am, is 100% correct, and it just drills down the mm-hmm. argument of anything. You can come in and show every single facet of that guy's duty and it shows yeah. he violated it in every way and he has absolutely no uh, ability to show cause why he did it. He has hey, no sir, duty to arrest me sir. whatsoever. Nobody sir, can we get a copy of your paperwork? Because it sounds great if you've used it 20 times and it works. Mm-hmm. It works. It, okay, can you, you know, send it to she It's called preemptive law. Federal Trump State Trace County, and they were under the Florida um, Uniform Code. Municipality cannot enact the uh, Florida statute. That's right. Well, they can't. Uh, but, but, but nevertheless, they act on them. And yes, they do. They do. And therefore, you can come back and you see. We've got three branches of government, right? We've got the right. executive, we've got the legislative, and we've got the judicial. And that right. judicial power is the only power that we have to hold those public officers and agents accountable for their actions. Whenever they violate their duty, right. then, That's why then we are the ones who have to come in. Because here's what I'm thinking. As you say this, it doesn't work for just one agency. I'm thinking it could work for Social Security even because they've got does. a duty also. Let me ask you, wait a minute, let me ask you this question. And did they Uh give you remedy and did they give you a financial remedy? uh, Your financial remedy, in California, it's under Code of Civil Procedure Section 1095. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've got one right now that um, I'm doing, but you've got to have, the answer to your question is, that's the next step for me, and that's what Mm -hmm. we're working on. And it's in every state. This exists in every state. Let me tell you this. So, yes. yes, I know this because the officer, what, you, what you're saying is he violated, but we call that a dereliction of duty. And what we do is <clears throat> what you're supposed to do, which I can tell you, I've worked in government for 20 years, so I'm going to tell you that what you're supposed to do to get remedy, um, you don't go to the courts. Really, what you're doing, like, you know how you said you'd write these things in the court? You're really supposed to do that with the clerk because the clerk is really the one who's causing you the damage, okay? She works for the it's judge. The, he or she works cop, for the judge. Not the clerk, the cop. No, the cop, you see that he violated you. The only thing they would give him, like you said, is an injunction. However, to remedy what happened to you, you have to file an insurance claim with the city or the police department. 
Risk well, management. We've done that, and, and that's a loser. That's you right. have to go get the court. The court makes an order, and the court makes three decisions in the case. One, mm-hmm. that you, okay, it starts with this, that you mm-hmm. are the beneficially interested party. Right. That, that's number one. Number two, that you have no other plain, speedy, or adequate remedy in the ordinary course of law. Yep. So right. those two factors create the, the article uh, comes under Code of Civil Procedure in California 1086, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which says that where you are a beneficially interested party and you have mm-hmm. no other plain, speedy, and adequate remedy at law, the writ right. mandate must issue. Okay, that's mandatory upon the, ju- the judicial power of the court says, okay, you've been harmed and irreparably harmed by the violation right. of your right and that you have no other remedy. So we're going to issue the order and we're either going to issue this order in the peremptory or we're going to issue the order in the alternative. The alternative says we're going to tell that state actor, public official, who has a duty and is under that insurance program that you're talking right. about to come in here and explain why they did what they did. And if they can't explain why they did what they did, then it's mandatory that we give you damages and that mm-hmm. uh, when you request them. Sometimes there's no damage requested because the, the beneficially interested party themselves have not been right. irreparably harmed. But if, for example, in, uh, in a misdemeanor case where you're arrested without a warrant, and you come in and, uh, and you file your writ uh, for the arrest without a warrant, and the officer is mm-hmm. required to show cause and bring the probable cause for arrest determined mm-hmm. by a neutral and detached magistrate. If he can't do that, then mm-hmm. you're entitled to the damages. And the damages are they're the, what's called the sustained direct damages. Those sustained damages would be, for example, any time you spent in jail. All right, that's a fact. Mm-hmm. Now, in mm-hmm. California, under the statute, they'll say, well, yeah, we held you in prison for 20 years. We're going to give you 100 bucks a day. Statutorily, mm-hmm. that's correct. But for damages under our, our rule, it doesn't work right. like that. It's $1,000 a day. And mm-hmm. so you put in your claim, and you, the court rules, they ha- they, when they rule on the damages, they, or, or the, for example, if they rule on declaratory relief, uh, this is another element under the 1060 section of, the, of, this, of this action, 1060 for declaratory relief says, court, look, here's the facts, and I want you mm-hmm. to declare them. I want you to declare that I was uh, unreasonably arrested. I was arrested mm-hmm. without a warrant, and that's unreasonable in violation of the Fourth Amendment. I want you to declare mm-hmm. that I was deprived of my right to due process and that mm-hmm. that's irreparable harm. Okay, so we've got statutes that say, well, that's 10 grand. Well, you can make it whatever you want. You just put in your claim. They have to rebut it. It's the same thing uh, as if it's a traffic ticket where the cop says, okay, I saw you doing 90 miles an hour, and Mm -hmm. so I have written you a ticket. Now come in and show cause why you shouldn't have to pay. That's the same exact thing as what we're doing with the writ. Now, when you got the declaratory relief, that declared relief, excuse me, that declared judgment declares that those facts are true, your rights Mm -hmm. were violated, and therefore then they must pay damages. They cannot change that. They can't appeal it. They can't do anything with it. It's a fact in the record. Now, your 1095 says mm-hmm. that they're required then to either have a judge determine these damages or a referee or a jury. Now, that, that's it. They, they, they get, and the, the, the thing that they have to come in and show is that they have to show that you weren't damaged that much. And how are they going to do that? 
You come in and say, hey, you know what? They will ask for, wait a minute. They will ask for your medical records like they did in this case that we're talking about right now. Right, Southern? They yeah. can't do that. They, they don't have any grounds. They subpoena. They did a subpoena for it, and they said they, the judge says that once you give him jurisdiction to hear the cause, that they can subpoena your records so that they can in, see, they are you really damaged? They need evidence the that you're damaged. Yeah, well, it's a fact that I was damaged. This is irrebuttable because I was in jail for two days. Okay. Restraint okay. of liberty. Sir, can I ask you a question? How can sure. we develop that paperwork that you got? Because it sounds dynamite. I'd like to mm-hmm. you know, do that from start to finish, have that paperwork, know I, how to operate it. I, uh, <laughs> let, me, well, let me ask a question here. Mm-hmm. Sure. Has anybody ever looked up the definition of the word liberty? Liberty. What do you think liberty is? Uh, you might want to look it up. Uh, when they wrote the Constitution, they would use the Webster's Dictionary. It's going to blow your mind. Yeah? Yeah. Freedom from yeah. arbitrary or despotic government control. Wrong. Yeah, basically. Pretty much, yeah. There you go. Okay. You know, it's liberty, unrestrained and unfettered, except that I, my liberty is dependent on the fact that I don't infringe on anybody else's. So I can do anything I want as long as it doesn't infringe on anything you want to do to right. the extent that it causes you harm. So if I want to build a shack out of stacks on my piece of land, I'll do it. And anybody that wants to come on that property and say I can't do it needs to show that they have judicial authority by probable cause, and that comes under the Fourth and Fifth Amendment of the Constitution. They can't do it. They simply have to. What happens is that they that we're trying to overcome or rebut a presumption. You cannot overcome and rebut that presumption in a statutory court. It's impossible. I'll tell you why. In California, at least, they wrote a rule that says that we will we every uh, uh, all decisions at law in the state of California will be made in accordance with the common law. And then they made Rule 4, which says that, yes, all the rules are based on the common law, but under the statute, the legislature has determined that we will not follow the strict interpretation of the common law and that we're going to operate to whatever ends of justice support are, are necessary to affect uh, uh, ends of justice. So that is their liberal interpretation. That's where they get that authority to say, hey, yeah, show us your medical records, prove your damages, well, it's easy to prove my damages. I was in jail for four days without a warrant. Mm-hmm. How about that? Mm-hmm. And I didn't get to have, I, I was, uh, uh, what do they call it? I had lots of consortium with my wife. I was put in solitary confinement with a guy that beat the door for 12 hours a day and was tortured on and on and on. They got to rebut that because you said, okay, that is, that is great. But let me ask you this. You said you've done this 20 times. I have. Did you get, did you get your remedy? I got I got a remedy three times out of the twenty because it took eighteen or nineteen times out of that to figure uh-huh. out how to write these. Okay, but let's, uh, here's another question. Um, you said the insurance claim doesn't work. No, it can, but I'm saying it doesn't. It doesn't matter in the. It, it, when we did it, it didn't work because we were trying to come from the statutory side where we had slam dunks. Yeah. But because we don't get the declaratory relief to show that the cop violated his duty, then mm-hmm. the, then that agency, which says, yeah, you have a claim, but we're not going to pay mm-hmm. it, 
So yeah, but they have to, to give. Us. Wait a minute. They have to give you that writing. See, that's what I was going to tell you. They did. They did. Yeah, when they did that, now you had the right to go to the court because let me tell you this. If you didn't have that paper that says they're not going to honor your claim, right, then um, you they will do a 12B6 on you. I say 12B6 because 12B6 is what they say in the federal courts, failure to state claims for which relief could be granted, right? Right. So you have on the records now, no, 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 no. I went to the insurance company, and they said no, and they blew me off, Right. Right. Now is when you go into the judge with your, you know, your rejection paper and you go after them for whatever. But I was just saying that, yeah, you are correct in everything that you said because they don't have no rights over you. People think that they have rights, but they don't. And another thing is that when they say, give me your license, whatever, whatever, registration, you know, mm-hmm. they're telling you to give it to them. So when you give that to them, right, you don't really have a right to rebut, like what you're saying with the traffic citation, because you gave them that license and it shows that you're under the authority of that establishment. Can, can I tell you how I do that? I don't have a license. Uh, and I haven't had you're one for a very long time. I don't have one either. That's why we're but different, because we don't use that. Even if I had one, oh, well, here's the deal. They they said that I, uh, okay, I, under California law, it says you can turn mm-hmm. in your license and re, re, mm-hmm. return it and rescind it, so I did that. And I got the paper that says I did that, but they still keep mm-hmm. it on the record and say that it's valid. So in their books, it's still valid. I still have one. It's just, uh, what do they call it, expired. So the cop comes up to me and says, hey, buddy, uh, you roll through that stoplight back there and you don't have a sticker on your car so you're not current on your registration. I need to see your license registration mm-hmm. insurance. And I just mm-hmm. ask him, I say, hey, buddy, let me ask you this. If uh, 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 if I give you that stuff that you're asking for, uh, will you promise not to use it against me? Mm-hmm. He says, uh, what? Yeah, that, nobody's ever heard that question. What do you mean? I said, well, here's what I mean. I mean, I got mm-hmm. that's my stuff. Uh, you mm-hmm. you know you can't order me to give it to you. So if you want it, right. are you going to promise not to use it against me? But I can't mm-hmm. do that. Oh, okay. Well, then I I'm telling you right now that here's what we're going to do. I want to see the magistrate immediately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm under yeah, arrest. Yeah, they're supposed to take you. Yeah, they're supposed to take you immediately well, before the magistrate. Okay, so I've invoked my right, and he has mm-hmm. a duty. That's it. Right. It's it's in California. It's 40302C. I invoke the right. You got a duty. Do it. Do your duty. Now, the duty right. he has to do is take me to the magistrate so I can tell the magistrate, dude, this guy here arrested me without a warrant. Can I, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I want the court to examine the complaint that he filed and determine if there was probable cause for arrest without a warrant in this case. Now, I had a kid who okay. did that. Okay, so uh, a little anecdote. And I, I'm sorry to, mm-hmm. to take over your call. I, I probably should No, that's okay. Up. But you know what? But, Let me tell you this, too, because that, that's the same thing that we're teaching here, too. What you're saying, you're just saying it in a different way. But I want you guys to listen to what he's saying. He didn't say the United States Constitution. He's saying the Constitution of the state. Yes. Okay. Well, I can use both. I can use both. Well, they won't accept it because, you know what, you can say that you can, but the judge is going to say we don't accept that here. You know why? Because you got to remember this. The states 
existed before the federal government came in and did the Constitution for the United States, right? Yeah, we're all and state those laws, Right, and, and plus, the, the, the Constitution of the United States applies only to the federal government employees, and they, the, um, the federal government's job is to make sure that the states are all under a uniform law and that they are not violating the state's duties. And see that constitution, when the feds come in, they, you notice that they investigate the states. And the states have a constitution, and their constitution is to try to govern the people on their land. And so when he's telling you these rules and regulations here, he is totally correct. And I'm glad that he came on to bring that to you because we've been trying to tell you guys the same thing. That officer will try to violate you. He will try to hit you. He will try to put you in jail, right? But oh, yeah. you know what? He, that is the same thing like my grandson. He didn't have a warrant. You know they do like a pickup order? And I told the judge, Mm-mm, we don't have a contract with you. So you know what? You have to release him. And I'm not behind the bar either. You know, I told him, I'm only in here because you took my property under captivity, and I need, it back. I need him back. Let me tell you something. We got to the point in that case where the judge told me, I'm only reading from a script, ma'am. I'm not, we're not trying to harm you or him. But he's being charged as an individual. I said, you can't. Because we're supposed to be one nation under God, indivisible. So you can't do an individual charge on him. We're not going to accept it. We don't want your lawyer. We don't accept the charges, Your Honor. And, and you know what I told him? I don't accept their charges. They said the state versus, well, you're, you know what, state? I don't accept your charges. Why? Because uh, we don't have a contract. Hold on a minute. I found it in that book. Mm-hmm. Remember? Mm-hmm. That it was a 1940, I mean, 1847 state of Florida law book. All right? If you're charged under the, by the state, you're being charged under military law. Southern, we are in 2016. They are now using codes and statutes. Yeah. And we keep forgetting that Bush privatized all of the public agencies to private agencies. And you know what they did? They tried to fool the people into thinking that they're still, they're actually public and private. They're, they're operating both sides of the fence. And you, me, we, the people, we are not under any obligation by these people. The only obligation that we are under, the only one that we all missed was we, we rode in on the damn donkey and we forgot to present ourselves and change our status. That's the only damn thing we've done wrong here. So we've got to correct that. So these little mistakes with the police, they, they would never happen if you correct your status. That would yeah. not happen to you. you. I got a question for you. You know, you were saying, you know, we were talking about uh, amend these uh, offers. Yes. Okay. 
you know, like I've still got my driver's license that I need to kill. Wonder right. if I could do an amendment there and offer them a dollar to clean it and purge it off the system. Because I, I got a friend. Yeah, that you should do an offer. And you know what? Not only that, you should do an offer to, um, you got to do an offer to uh, Social Security. To, okay. Yeah, because I know that um, John Phelps was teaching us that um, you're supposed to take a dollar when they give you the Social Security card, like a deed of acknowledgement and acceptance without consideration so that everything that the government gives you, you should do a deed of acknowledgement and acceptance. Why? Because you notice that everything that you get is in... Um, Anything that comes in the mail is under general delivery. So, yeah, there's no proof that you received that Social Security card because you were a baby. You notice that, or you go into the office, right? You know what they do afterwards? I told you this. They were caught putting our applications with our signatures through a shredder. So what are they doing? They're destroying the evidence. So there's no proof that they gave you that uh, Social Security card. There's no proof now. Um, you don't even get a receipt for the chain or anything. They just put it in the computer. You, and you know what it makes it look like? That they, they did that under their own guise or under their own duty. Yeah, I know. And that's why, yeah. you know, like me and Alan's getting our benefits. And mm-hmm. you know what? They want to cut them off all the time because we don't have proof that we paid into that insurance policy, maybe. You think that that's the way they're playing it? No, they're trying to cut off the welfare side of the system, the welfare part. Okay. I know, because it ain't only happening to you. I know seven people in Florida that they already got the letters. They're trying to terminate them, and I I reactivated one. I walked into one Social Security office and got it reactivated in two. Before we walked out the door, the check was in the account. Before I couldn't believe it. I was like, "Oh my God, the check is already in the account." Okay. It took them two minutes to release it. So, um, so if we uh, do the, uh-huh. the deed on the Social Security account, do you think that would guarantee they couldn't cut us off then? Um, I couldn't guarantee, but if I saw your letter. If I knew what your letter had, maybe I could help you because okay. I've well, helped. That's what, I think that's yeah. what Alan need to do mm-hmm. to do that. And, okay. you know, this gentleman here in California has probably got yeah. some good terminology that we could add to all this to give it some Oh, extra. I would love to meet him because I can add him with my buddy over here that's in Houston. He, his, You know, Dr. J., he used to live in California like a long time, maybe 25, 30 years too. But he knows all the ins and outs of the courts, and, and he also knows how to get what this guy is looking for, the remedy, the money. And there's a form. You know what? Remind me. And I'll, what is your name? Uh, go by Nuke Welder. Nuke Welder. Are you on Facebook? Or Charlie, whichever you prefer. Okay, are you on Facebook? No. No. You're not, not because there's a way. Yeah. yeah, there's a form, right, that you fill out for your remedy. For, you know, like those charges that you're talking about that you want to charge them for the two days, for the two days in jail, right? right. I, just, I just put it in my 
okay, it's complaint for damages. It goes straight into the writ, and the court orders it. It's that simple. You just place the claim that mm-hmm. they have to rebut the claim. You put it in there. It's part of the court order. The court orders mm-hmm. it. Well, yeah, but they I know don't... a guy. He's an expert at this, okay? Because I didn't ask him about it. He was telling me about this. Um, he said, you know, there's a form that you, he told me this. You know that there's a form that you fill out when you go to jail for no reason, and you fill out this form, and they got to pay you for every day that you're in jail. And I said, really? He goes, yeah. And he, and he gave me the form number. He said, you fill this out, you give it to the clerk, and they have to pay you. They have to give you a check. That's a statutory remedy. And um, my, my point is, is that those statutes and those statutory remedies, mm-hmm. I can use it however I want. If, if the, for example, when they pay you that amount, they're only going to pay you $100 a day. Well, my time's worth a lot more than $100 a day. So, uh, mm-hmm. and, and the, the damages that were done in mm-hmm. the claim are called irreparable harm. Irreparable harm means that you can't assign an amount of money to it because mm-hmm. it's irreparable. And that harm came from the violation of the right, right to privacy, right to due process, the right not to be arrested without a warrant. Those right. damages are, uh, you, you know, in the federal zone, they, they mm-hmm. put those rights at anywhere between uh, it depends on the actors, but mm-hmm. if you've got two state actors acting in concert, mm-hmm. then, uh, then that's $250,000, okay? So, did, so I mean, let me point. know. You need to come back on the show and let me know what the judge says to you about your claim. Right. Well, we're going we to find out here shortly. Yeah, we would like to know, yeah, how the outcome is because, like I said, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I, I want to say more power to you. That's what There's the whole a, thing yeah. about legal deception is, is that you guys come in here and tell us great stories about how you're getting your remedy um, while people are waiting to do, like, a transmission. And, right. and, you know, like, these stories are helpful. There's a lot of people in trouble. There's a lot of people that are being busted for not having a license. Um, and the reason why they don't have a license is because they're not in the military. And I feel like if you're not in the military, how can you rebut a presumption when you're holding a driver's license? Well, if you're, right. if you're in any way under the military or they're saying you're under the military, then they have mm-hmm. to prosecute you under the UCMJ. There is no other military law. So, uh, you know, you can yes, just... There is. Yeah, well, not to me, there's not. Because <laughs> yeah, well, well, think... Well, these Show actors me. is, though... When they well, come in and I make law. my claim, they have to rebut it. Yeah, they right. Have to show cause. And we want to learn how you're doing your claim because you're staying over on common law side. We don't want to be on the statutory side. We hate right. that side. That's them. That's their laws. They apply to them. Right. I, I, yeah. Right. Not, not that's for me. The military side. We don't like yeah. them. Well, that's let me ask you this question. Because, when you take that paper to the clerk, right? Say you take the paper. You said it's statutory, right? Which you don't have a right to ask them for that amount that you're asking for through the clerk. No, you. What you're well. Uh, what I'm. What I'm saying about the document. Mm-hmm. I'm aware of what you're talking about. Yeah. If. If, for example, they arrest you for drunk driving and then they never charge right. you and they held you for two days. All right. Yeah. Yes. You're entitled to damages and it's a statutory. It's been legislatively pro, uh, declared how much that amount right. is. So you put in right. your claim and they pay it. It's that right. simple. It's just a claim for insurance. It's simple. Mm-hmm. 
uh, you do that through, uh, oh, goodness, come on, brain. We were doing it for a, a while. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, it's an agency. It's right next to the district attorney's office here in our county. And, okay. Uh, and, and it's super simple. Uh, and if you want to do the statutory claim in that mm-hmm. respect, too, for arrest without a warrant, yes, you right. can do it. And, but, you know, you can do the same thing. Listen to what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Right. Walmart. Let's say I'm at Walmart. This happened yeah. to a friend of mine. I'm at Walmart, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to leave the store. And the, the lady, uh, the, the big goon at the door says, show me your receipt. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. I say, uh, you know, thank you, but no thank you. This is my receipt, and I'm not showing you anything. All right. Mm-hmm. He grabs your arm and says, hey, you're not leaving the store, and we're going to inspect your cart. Mm-hmm. I say, oh, that's interesting. Now, just a minute while I get the sheriff on the line. Okay. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Because right now uh, what you're doing is called unlawful arrest and imprisonment. And search mm-hmm. without a warrant, you're a state right. actor. Your corporation has been incorporated and is under the legislature. That makes you a public mm-hmm. agent. And I can uh, put a writ, of, a writ of mandamus against you for your unlawful imprisonment for every minute you make me stand here. Especially at Walmart. Especially because the Walmart, usually, they only have security officers. Right, but those security officers, the mm-hmm. courts, if you want to go look at the statutes mm-hmm. of the courts and the rulings on that, they'll say, well, yeah, they don't have the power to arrest except in certain mm-hmm. circumstances, and that they don't have the power, but they never have the power to search you, mm-hmm. ever. All right, so right. yes, they are performing a police function, but they're mm-hmm. not policemen, so right. they, don't, they don't have a duty, but they do have right. some authority. So they're state actors, okay. and you can put a writ on them. And, and it will fly immediately because of two reasons. You're beneficially interested, you've been irreparably harmed, and you have no other remedy at law. The, the, the writ itself, the, the writ of mandamus, there's two kinds. There's an administrative writ and there's a common law writ. And under the, under the administrative writ, that's a whole other animal, but it kind of works. It all works the same way based on the same thing. The deal there is that you, with the administrative writ, you have to exhaust your administrative remedy, which is kind of the same thing as saying that you have no other remedy at law. But if, for example, like, okay, I, I sued the State of California Franchise Tax Board, uh, Selvi Stanislaus, the director, three times on a writ and made her show up in two days with the attorney general. Not personally, but her attorney general, attorney, the number three girl here in California showed up in court two days later and answered the charge. This is the power of this action. It allows you to make a state actor come in and answer for what they did. If they can't mm-hmm. show cause for why they did it, mm-hmm. then they lose. Then okay. the writ issues a peremptory judgment uh, permanently enjoining them from that action and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and gives you a ruling saying that they declare that your rights were violated and that they violated their duty, which is a non-discretionary, mandatory ministerial duty. And so a good example of that was when in California, the San Francisco clerk of the county started issuing same-sex marriage licenses. All right, well, the state of California constitution says that marriage is between a man and a woman, period. That's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, she's going, well, I could, I, I'm not issuing those kind of marriage licenses. I made up my own license. So mm-hmm. I'm authorizing it here in San Francisco County that these 
guys or girls can can have a civil union, which of course we know, you know, when you're entering into a civil union with the state, yeah. you're just saying that that the state is going to be the uh, the uh, have jurisdiction to determine mm-hmm. the split of assets between the parties if mm-hmm. they decide to divorce. That's it. Uh, you know, when you're actually married, that you know, between me, you, and God, well, that's mm-hmm. me you and God. That that has nothing to do with this situation. The we the, the the lawyer comes back in, and three people claiming to be three they were two things: citizens of California and taxpayers. That's grounds for beneficial interest in California under the writ of mandamus in the common law. And they said that she was violating her duty and trying to rewrite the Constitution and acting outside of her authority, which was causing harm, irreparable harm to the state in all of its people. Because we never said, as the people, that she could do that. And so the writ was issued in the first instance on its face, Enjoining her from ever doing that again. She was writing her knowledge. own marriage yeah. license, right? Pardon me. You were saying she was writing her own marriage license? Yes, yeah, because she was trying to circumvent the law and say, "Well, I'm not actually issuing a state marriage license. I'm issuing one that was for the county." Well, she has no authority to do that. She mm-hmm. has to act in, in strict. See that this is where strict liability comes in under under the common law, the strict interpretation mm-hmm. of that statute, mm-hmm. they if they're operating in the statutory presumption that they can use what's in the best interest or what is uh, uh, fair and equitable, then they mm-hmm. can start to stretch the language. But in the, in the common law where they're applying that all rules of decision of the courts shall be in accordance with the common law, strict interpretation of the law, they can't mm-hmm. do it. So the upper court, the Supreme Court, <laughs> immediately mm-hmm. issued the injunction against her and permanently enjoined her from doing it. Now, those now, people... why would they... You know that all counties issue the marriage license, not issued by the state. The counties are all under the authority of all those clerks and all those attorneys and all of those prosecutors are under the mm-hmm. Attorney General of the State of California, period. Right, but That's you just the, said that the license she's giving you is from the county, right? Which she's not allowed to do. She's only allowed to issue state authorized licenses in accordance with the legislature. That's why she okay. couldn't do it. So that's why she's violating her duty. And they proved it very clearly with uh, statutes and case law that she's not allowed mm-hmm. to do it. Period. Well, and that's why all these people better be looking at their license because I'm reading too, I was reading the family law, and it was saying that if you marry a certain way, it was just a um, civil union, um, that it wasn't really the type of marriage between a man and a woman and God, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, they really do need to look at their marriage license because some of them even say orphan courts, um, when you die, they're not deemed legitimate marriages. I mean, you name it. Right. Well, you're talking about probate. Okay. What right yeah. does the state have to probate estates? They only have the right to probate the estate to those people who are presumed to be under that authority. And that, you know, when you're right. operating as a, as a person, uh, when you're operating under the Constitution, the Constitution says the states don't have a right to take any of your property. They don't have a right to tax you. They don't have a right to do any of that without probable cause. Okay, that's it. They're, mm-hmm. they're not allowed to do it without a warrant. That's it. They, okay. they, get, they don't have authority to do it, like you said in the beginning. We're not mm-hmm. under their law. 
we're under the right to be free right. people. We have the right to life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, and the ownership exactly. of property. But everybody's – here's when I heard you mention the word a dollar. Here's the problem. Mm-hmm. A dollar is not a piece of paper, and everybody wants to operate in commerce under mm-hmm. the paper uh, reserve currency so that mm-hmm. they can uh, lie, cheat, and steal. Well, the problem, you know, I, I don't do that. I, no, I don't have a job, you know, mm-hmm. official mm-hmm. public business for private dishonest gain. That was, you talk about the Webster's de- definition, there it is, job. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, yeah, not, and I'm not entitled to a pension, also theft. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I use gold and silver coin. That's what, that's so, my money. That is money. What are, what are you, you, you're talking about, you want to use gold and silver coin? No, that is what I use. So you buy I, gold and silver. I trade and I uh, use gold and silver in my private business. Mm-hmm. I don't use I don't use their I can use the paper. I can exchange mm-hmm. it. I can do whatever I want with it. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, I I whenever I say to you, okay, you say you want me to paint your house, I say, mm-hmm. okay, well, that's going to be 